Well, welcome to another episode of Good Old Sports, powered by RNA Media and in uh, partnership with the Tri-County Press. I'm your host, Riley Pate, my best friend and co-host, Adrian Herndon, here for you today. And boy, we got another good one. Yep, man. Uh, I guess I can say overall, good weekend of football, especially uh, high school football. Uh, some college games. Uh, but... Other than that, yeah, it was a good uh, first round week of uh, football for high school for uh, playoffs. Uh, not really any upsets, but uh, I'd say you know because we did the uh, Dangerfield game, I'd say it was more of a kind of some waking up to kind of get into the groove of things for some teams uh, during this playoff season. Um, so good football. Uh, I'm expecting this week two to be a lot better, uh, and as far as competition goes, because this week we have a lot of uh, teams that are, you know, it's gonna, especially for Dangerfield, who they're gonna be facing. But um, that's all I have to say, for as you know, this weekend. Not too big on the NFL. I have a lot to say on that, but uh, I'm just gonna hold that in for now. Yeah, I, you know, it was one of those weekends uh, with, with high school. I'll start there because that's what we're going to look at here in just a minute. Where, for the most part, things happened the way that you would think. Uh, yeah. The teams that I thought would win. There was a couple of surprises, uh, more in point spreads than there were anything else. And, and I'll break that down in just a minute. But now the first round's behind you. Now you're starting to play with the teams that have chances, you know, maybe to compete in your region yep. uh, and, and moving forward. And so everybody's vying for that that third round game, you know, because that puts you in a position now to go play for uh, the regional championship. Right. And so that now is a time where, you know, we say it in week one, you know, well, now everybody's 0-0. Well, that's true. But if you're a one seed playing a, a four seed from a bad district, and you know that team's just no good, they've right. got two wins to their name, but they snuck into the playoffs, mm-hmm. it's hard to get you guys going sometimes. Now, the team that you're going to play is a good football team. Right. Maybe not a great football team, but they're a good football team. Uh, and, and so I think that this week we're going to kind of be able to see some of that shift in mentality for guys who want to turn it up, get after it, and go compete. Uh, not only for the regional championship, but for a uh, opportunity then to play in the state semifinals and state championship games. Right. It's um, it's just like you said the 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 point difference was big, but now you have I don't think any fourth or third round or uh, third seed teams. Uh, you got won. some threes around. Yeah. Uh, in, in the other yeah, areas. Yeah. Other areas, but as far as around here, they all lost out. I mean. Um, but you know that was kind of uh, to be expected. Uh, well, given except for uh, the third seed out of Paul Pewitt's district. Well, that, well Paul Pewitt. Uh, they were the only team out of their district not to win. Yeah, well, and that's had a chance, but it rained. You know. Yeah, it rained. But then again, it's what I said. But you know what I've been saying since the beginning uh, of the season is Paul Pewitt is. They're one of those teams where it, 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 they're better than what they portray on the field, and yes. that's the that's the the crazy thing is is they didn't put up any points against against West Russ, right? Or well, they, 
part of that, so we'll go ahead and get to that game. So Paul Pugh did fall uh, to West Rusk at, at Pittsburgh. They got beat, I think the final was 38 to nothing in that ball game. Uh, let me let me make sure on that so I'm not misquoted. You know, because somebody's saying, back check, he got it wrong. He doesn't watch football. I can hear it now for all you haters out there. Yep. We didn't. We ended up not going to that game. We were supposed to uh, cover that game, but because it was raining and it was cold, it's, that's not a good combination for neither one of us. So we just decided to stay in that Friday. Because we already had content from the. Night yeah, before. and it was a long night. Uh, the night before. Yeah. So. So West Trust won that ball game thirty-six to nothing. Thirty-six to nothing. But what hurt Paul Pewitt was only so it was seven to nothing West Trust. Paul Pewitt's going down to tie it, fumbles the ball. West Trust comes back and scores. And then goes for two, and the quarterback from Paul Pewitt played defense and got hurt on the two-point try. So he was out for the rest of the game, and that kind of messed up the the, the machine. That's the risk you take with these small schools when everybody has to play both ways. Yeah. Is you risk losing your – like that, you risk losing your quarterback when your quarterback has to play defense, your starting quarterback. Yeah. And you don't have anybody else that's going to be, you know, backup for them. And so, that's the bad part about these these small schools. Um, they just don't have the numbers. And no. that's that, that's that been Pewitt's big, you know, big, you know, all the way through the season. That's been their big issue. They don't, they've never really had the numbers. Um, they've had the talent, but when you all your guys are playing both sides of the ball, that wears and that's that's fatigue on you know on their bodies. Well, and then you run into situations like that where your best offensive player gets it, hurt playing defense, exactly, and you don't and, have an answer. But with Pewitt, man, it's, it, like I said, it's one of those things where they are better than what they seem on the field, um, and it just shocks me that they weren't able to put up any points at all against West Rusk. Um, that and was for all more you West disappointing. Rusk people, you're not as good as you think you are. I hate to tell you. West Rusk is not. They played a cupcake schedule. Uh, they're not what everybody thinks. You're not competing for the region. I hate to tell you that. If, if, if you make it to let's say the fourth round, because Dangerfield's going to be the one having to play Newton, uh, you're losing to either one of those teams. I'm, I, I just hate to tell you. I've seen you on film. I, I, I know you. I, I, you know. Hey, listen. Sorry. Hate to break it to you, but West Rusk is not the world beaters that some of their people would like them to believe that they are. And I'm not just bashing on you, but I'm just putting out the reality that they're not contenders for the region. They're just not. Well, barring that information, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have a lot of tough teams in this in this uh, in you know through Dangerfield, region, yeah. this region, Dangerfield, Newton, uh, Decap, De- yeah, Decap. You know, we'll get to those two later. In a minute, but uh, you, that's what you have to face. So if you're a team, what West Russell was a what? Uh, uh, was they a first? Yeah, they, first they won seed? their district, but, but that district wasn't near as competitive as everybody made no, it out to be because uh, they got swept outside of the Paul Pewitt game. Yeah, and so you look at that, and we've talked about this. This three A region, the three A three A regions, they're all over the place. So you have some good. Some good districts, and you have some bad districts. But the thing is, the ones with even the ones with the bad district, you have that opportunity. There's been opportunities where they could have tied, uh, yeah. preferred, uh, 
had a three-way, three-way tie. tie for first place or second place. So it was a mess, but now it's kind of starting to work out and shape out, and um, you, you're starting to see who who's on top. And so for for West Ruskin, I don't really know anything about them. I've only seen them a couple of times. Um, but to beat a team like Paul Pewitt is not a big hoorah for... No. no it, it, because Paul Pewitt struggled from the beginning of the season, and they got two wins off of the... The you know what's the bottom feeders the bottom feeders of that district. I mean, so you go in and you should that you should beat them like that. But for Paul Pewitt, I mean, from what we've seen, uh, it could have been a lot. It, I mean, I, I give it to you, benefit of the doubt that your quarterback got hurt. You know, he's your that's the general of your offense, um, and one of your most athletic players on that team. So when he goes out, you know, it's like your team. That's your that's your season. Yeah, uh, but I did not expect that to be the case with that Paul Pewitt in West. I, West I had, that is the upset. Yeah, I really did. I thought that, that because we know that they can score. They points. can put up points, you know. But I think in regular conditions, barring all the injuries, I think yeah. it would have been a different. But hey, you play the game, and and that's why you have to play it in those conditions. You have to play it with your players. Yeah, it's your Jimmys and Joes out there. And that that's just the way that high school football works. You know, you can't make excuses. Uh, you didn't get it done as a unit. And the bottom line is you don't get to advance. And, and you know, and now you're you're practicing basketball this morning and, you know, getting ready for, for that season. So, yeah. uh, let's see here. Carthage wins. That's no surprise. Uh, Gilmer won. Gilmer struggled in that ball game. Yeah, that uh, – okay, but because I, seeing the score of that game – uh, they won twenty five to seven, right? Yeah. Seeing the score of that game, I don't think Gilmer is as good as what everybody's out. You know, even the people in Gilmer, a- having seen them in person, like we did. Yeah, they're a good football team. They're not a great football. No, team. they're uh, they, they've got a very good defense. That that borderlines on a great defense. Yeah, but that offense has some kinks in it. That they just haven't been able to get going. They haven't been able to work it out and yeah. get it going, well, and that's a problem. And I wonder if you know they have you know Tennyson, uh, who's a sophomore. Yeah, it, that could be an, that could be part of it as well. You know, his first year at quarterback. Um, even last in the playoffs, he was under his uh, older brother, right. you know, Brandon Brandon Tennyson. So you kind of got to take that into consideration as well, but. To know Gilmer and, and what we've seen over these past two seasons of Gilmer in person as well, yeah, um, this obviously isn't the highest clicking offense that they've had in the years, uh, recent years. No, and, and Gilmer. So Coach Metzel runs a very tempo offense. Right, everything is on tempo from the the get go. Um, he he calls a lot of timing routes, mm-hmm. so it's throw it to where they're gonna be, not where they're at. Right. Uh, that kind of thing. His run game is there to set up some dink and dunk passes, and then that big shot down the field. That's just his offense. That's the way he wants to run it, uh, and he's very good at it. But the problem is when you have a sophomore quarterback. Now, now I think that that he is better than his brother as far as a quarterback. He's got a better arm. Uh, he's not the scrambler that his brother was. Right, right. But I argued for two years that Braden Tennyson was not a great quarterback. He was a great athlete that, that Metzl got away with having him there at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I think that the brother, 
uh, Caden, I believe is his name, uh, yeah. Tennyson, uh, is a better quarterback, just having seen his arm. The issue is when you're a sophomore and you've only been working that offense you know, for a year, really, mm-hmm. uh, the timing's just not there. Right. And, and they expect him to just get it going, but in reality, he is just a sophomore. And right. And he's having to play against some good defenses. Uh, and I think that that hurts them more than anything is just the fact that he doesn't quite have the timing down. And when you do that, then you have to rely on your run game. The offensive line's not great. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not awful, but it's not great. That hurts him because now he's got guys coming yeah. in. He he's has got to scramble out. He's got to move around. You're not a, and the way that you take pressure off of it is to get a big run game going. Right. Which on well, occasion they're able to do, but not consistently. Well, from a source sources that I know, um, is that they this year ran the ball seventy yeah. percent of the time versus passing it the other thirty. Yeah, I can see why. You know, us discussing it now is you have a sophomore quarterback versus your second, third year, four year receivers. Yes, you know, and now they're going to do their job. But as far as like you said, the offensive line not being as good as what they used to be they're not bad but from what we've seen in person it's hard they, they guys are getting through the line on them and so we've seen him have to scramble and kind of run out and just kind of just throw it away yeah and we've seen that you know but then again i say you know like he's not the scrambler that scrambler that his brother was you know his brother could just make you miss an open field right know? he was a great scrambler but he's not that i see this this tennyson Caden Tennyson being more of Gilmer's pocket quarterback if they can get a uh, offensive line around him. Yeah, you got to have a, a pocket for him to stay. Yeah, and, and right now there's not one. And that's what makes him possibly you know better than his brother. Yeah, because he's more of a of a quarterback uh, rather than just an athlete. And that that <clears throat> to me with Coach Met- combined with Coach Metzl the way that his philosophy is the way he calls plays. That's a dangerous thing. Yeah. Uh, because starting next year, I mean, if he gets it going, you get a better offensive line yeah. around him. That's a dangerous machine. And, and, and well, you know, I've told you this before. You know, the, the guys that are coming up, the younger guys on Gimmer's team that are coming up are some pure athletes. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about speed, strength, uh, physicalness. All these things mixed together on with that Gilmer offense and defense I see with, you know, Tennyson being there for his junior year as a quarterback, possibly being better, I see Gilmer being another, uh, once again, a force to be reckoned with, but more seriously. Now, I don't know, uh, they got Gainesville this week, and but I see them being some contenders with Carthage, you know, serious contenders. Next year. Next year, yeah. yeah. Some serious contenders with Carthage, (laughs) Um, just based off of what I've seen. So... Well, for them to struggle against West, uh, not West, West Rusk, um, I can see why. Yeah, I, you know, I, I can see why, and you know, it's, it it doesn't surprise me. It didn't shock me at all when I seen the score, or was keeping up with the score. It didn't shock me. I was like, okay, this is a from based off what we've seen. This is a young offense with a young or young quarterback with an old offense. You know, he's not as seasoned uh, as his brother was. Right. And so, you know, he's still learning the reins and everything and trying to get everything going for himself. Uh, but that, that defense, uh, 
glad to see that defense held it together and only held them to seven. Right. Uh, that defense is outstanding. I mean, that front is very, very good. Humongous, man. <laughs> and we saw it some in the Pittsburgh game uh, when they played Pittsburgh that he, talking about Tennyson again with those older receivers, the receivers are where they're supposed to be, and he's just unable to get the ball there. Uh, yeah. Timing-wise, I mean, he's he's throwing it where they should be, but, but he's not getting them there. Right. Uh, and that that's that's the thing. But you're right about that defense. That borderline's on a great defense. Man, and adding Aaron Bell to it. Oh, that was a big yeah, big addition for that. that man, that li- that's a Division One football player. Yeah, and that just that up their ranks by ten. You know, because you had a lot of returning defensive linemen. Yeah, and then adding him in that linebacker position. Uh, with the linebacker that they already had, and that's a force to be reckoned. Yeah, uh, and then it's hard to pass with them because you know Gilmore, they are never lacking in speed, and their corners and their safeties are just all around the ball. It's it's hard to, I say this all the time, not from just what we've seen, but in years past, it's always hard to to throw against Gilmore because Gilmore have, I don't know what kind of training or who their corners coach is. But or or DB coach at, at that, but whoever it is is doing an awesome job because yeah. he's teaching them technique, um, eyesight for how to see the field and just be yeah. around the ball. The the fundamentals. Yeah, you, uh, that's what you want. Secondary. Yeah, yeah, that's what you want from your secondary. Be be around the ball. So Pleasant Grove wins. Uh, they they won their playoff game, and also uh, Liberty Gallo got beat. Let's just throw that yeah, in there. Yeah. They got embarrassed by center. Bad. I saw that coming. Sarah's a very good offense. Yeah. But, okay, having said that, because I kind of just glossed over this, you know, well, Carthage won, of course they did. They beat Pittsburgh, blew them out. Not even a game. But I, I do want to take this time. Gilmer's going to be the clear top dog. Yes. Of course. Pleasant Grove seems to still be able to hang in there at number two. Yeah. There's really... What is the path forward? And this is my my thought process after this weekend, after seeing the scores and watching some of the matchups. I I struggle to see a path where Pittsburgh gets into that conversation. I do, too. Uh, To be honest... And this is just like, you know, I was talking with, uh, you know, Dad yesterday about the game. And, you know, I told him, yeah, I don't understand the coaching philosophies. Uh, and, and some of the things that Pittsburgh is going to have to do in order to be serious contenders with Gilmer. You know, I, I won't say Carthage because that's just different. You have a lot of work yeah. to do. But with Gilmer and Pleasant Grove, you know, these two top teams in your district. In order for them to be... And you're stuck with them. Yeah, you're stuck with them unless one moves up and Pleasant Grove isn't going to move up. Gilmer may move up. Maybe. Yeah. And that's a high maybe. Yeah. But in order for you to compete with these teams, you're going to have to do a lot on the physical side, a lot on the mental side, and a lot on the fundamental side. Yeah. Because there's no reason that you have seniors, you have 20, 23 seniors on that team, and you're telling me, None of them can tackle correctly. No one knows how to cover. No one knows how to block. 
Yeah, your, your defense went from being a strength for you last year to just getting exposed every front. All through, on, on all sides. All throughout. Then, you you know, you got to where, towards the end of last year, you were able to move the football very well. And then now it got to where you couldn't move against well, anybody. Well, and I think, you know, you had a – that team was – even though you had 20 to 23 seniors, the majority of your starters were sophomores. Yeah. And so when you – my question is there – if that's the case, you know, and, you know, he kind of, the philosophy behind that, I don't understand. You have better players who are on JV. And I get, you know, you don't want to get them hurt in a varsity game or you don't want, if they don't have that experience yet, then you don't want to move them up too fast. But my deal is you have all these seniors standing on the sideline who aren't playing. And you have guys that could be in those positions that they're standing in on the sideline that could be taking the play. field, that could actually play. I don't understand that coaching philosophy. But far as the players go, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to hit the weight room. Yeah. They're gonna have to get bigger. And I you can teach speed. Speed can be taught. Um Yeah, to an extent. To as far as format form and all that stuff. Yes. But they're just gonna it's it's that and their mentality about the whole game of football and this gotcha. yeah this 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 season was not there and it, it has to get better uh, and it's just like I told you you know talking with some of the, the the underclassmen the freshmen and sophomores their attitude towards football is a lot different than it was you know for the seniors and juniors this year mm-hmm. um, they're hungry they want to win they look forward to winning this, what I've seen and heard, they talk about it, but they're not about it, you know? Yeah. And so, that's the thing is, you know, Abram's motto is eat. Well, do you, have any, do you have any hungry players? Yeah. You know, in order to eat, you got to be hungry. And so, that's my big challenge for Pittsburgh is get hungry. You got to be hungry. You got to stay hungry. And I didn't see that this year. I think this will be an off season heading into December because that's where you got to make some decisions as coaches and things. Uh, where there's going to be some questions. Right. Until December passes, <clears throat> I wouldn't hold my breath that anybody's going to stay in the building. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it's all going to come down to who looks around and says, you know, we've got a... a a team that we think we can build off of and build with and compete with, or who looks around and says, uh, guys, let's take this show elsewhere. Um, you know, and that's what I want to see is, okay, what is the mentality of the coaching staff? What do they think? What do they see? Uh, I, You know, I have some que- I love the, the offense. I, I do. I love that slot T. I love the wing T. Power, I, I, I'm a run-the-ball, play-good-defense kind of guy. But I also am one of those coaches, or former coaches now, that realizes that, hey, if your guys can't do it, you got to do something else. And, and, and it's not a athleticism or lack thereof situation. It is a mentality. To run that kind of an offense, you have to have players that want to run the football consistently, and mash on people. And I think that's another question that's going to have to be answered, is if that's the mentality, the philosophy, 
that Coach Abram wants to hang on to, that he's going to have to ask himself and answer the question, do I have the guys in the building that can do that? Yeah. And if not, maybe it's time to go find a school that will. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying those are the kind of yeah. things that you have to well, look at. Well, the thing about that is he would possibly be waiting another two years before you have those guys. Yeah. Because even though we have the guys now, you know, coming up that are able to throw the ball, catch, and do all these things, he has the speed and athleticism. But do will they have that mentality? I think they will because that's all they know. You know, that's all they know. That's the offense that they know now. Right. But then you take this sophomore class who will be juniors next year, they know a different, totally different offense. Yeah. Um, they're not used to running the ball 90% of the time and only passing here and there, maybe. Right. They're not used to that. So you have to get them used to that but if in order to get them used to that how do you do that because you can't force it on them because then they may resent it and pull right. away from you and so you're right the you have to ask yourself some serious questions and i said this before you're in and you said it too and when you're in a 4a you barely see anyone running out of the slot seat slot t Offense, if maybe a handful of teams. And it's not because that that offense can't work. No. It's that because most of those schools like that don't have the guys with the mentality right. to do it. And, and very few teams are able to do it su- success, successfully. With, with Pittsburgh, they don't have those guys with that mentality. They, I mean... It, like I said, the younger class, you can shape that into them because they're still young. But as of right now, they don't have those guys with that mentality. Right. And I don't know if they're willing, fully willing to conform to it. I it And given some things, man, you know, it's some information that I, I'm, I'm sitting on right now. But given some, some things, man, if you can't, get it together then you know there's going to have to be some some stuff that's going to have to change you you can't go for you can't go another two and whatever season no there's too much money on the table there uh too much the okay cuz this show is a sports show but 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 I want to connect some dots here so so just hang with me there are some things going on in that town, well, that school board, mm-hmm. that puts them as the target on everybody. Yeah. The way to get the target off your back is for your athletic director and head football coach to win football games. At some point, if he doesn't deliver, and they don't get the heat off of them, he becomes the scapegoat. The, the scapegoat. Yeah. And that's the issue right now is that it's more than just the football side of things. Right. You know, and this happens in the NFL, where it's not just the football coach, it's also about the things going on within the organization. Happens at colleges. Same thing with with high school. People don't realize this. It's the same deal. 
a little bit of a different setup, but you still answer to a school board. And that school board still answers to your athletic boosters and your community on, on different issues. And, and it might not even be that you're not a good football coach. It might not be that you can't eventually get things turned around. But because of external circumstances outside of your office, you get to be the scapegoat. Yeah. And I'm a... My, my gut tells me that that's where this situation's headed. Where it's going to bull and it's going to bull and it's going to bull and some something's going to have to give. Somebody's going to have to go. Yeah. And you just have too much going on on the administrative side for this to continue on. I mean, that's well, the problem. And, and, and for Coach Abrams' sake, you know, I would hate to see that happen because he's such a good coach. He's such a good guy. And I would hate to see that happen because then you you risk possibly getting rid of one of the best coaches you may have had in a a while. Yeah. But it's like you said, that that school board, a lot of stuff runs in and out through that school board. You know, what goes and what doesn't go. And and one of the thing is, man, you, we've seen this before, uh, two years ago. Yeah. When the team ain't winning, that's when parents get involved, and then it gets ugly. And then it, it gets, gets ugly. It gets messy. They start showing up to meetings and and, and bashing. And and you don't want to get to that point. So, for Pittsburgh's sake, that, you you have to you you have to ask those hard questions. You did because, and that's that's the only way that you're going to resolve it. I mean, or resolve anything and say, okay, what do we need to do to be better? You know, uh, and it, it, you. It's, as a head coach, you know, you don't want to – you want to run your system. You want to want to run what you want to run. But I said this before. It, it, I feel like Abram hasn't found his identity as a head coach as far as what offense he, he should run or could run. I feel like he's biting off of – riding off somebody else's success in that offense. And he brought it to Pittsburgh, and it worked that first season last year with the team that he had then. Because that team didn't have a quarterback to pass the ball, and they didn't have receivers to catch it. Yeah. You know, they had the offensive line, the right amount of offensive line to to block for it. Um, and you had the right type of running backs to run it. This year, you have you don't have that you had a whole senior offensive lineman but you don't have that same mentality and that's been the big issue it hasn't been the talent you know he said this again it hasn't been the lack of talent it's the lack of mentality to run that offense they don't want to run that offense they are doing it because they have to yeah and that's the thing they don't want to run that offense and that's tough if you can't get the buy-in yeah, you you're not going to be successful. No. It just just is what it is. So I I think that's a storyline to keep up with now that their football season's ended. Yeah, uh, is some off the field things that may or may not happen. Uh, let's see. Back to some on the field things. Danefield did win. They beat Anderson Shiro. Uh, started off slow, got it going. I I, I give credit to Anderson Shiro that they came out. They played their heart out. Yeah. For, the, for about a quarter and a half. Uh, they they played as hard as they could play, gave it their best go. You could see though there was clear limitations. Uh, I said it in our halftime report of that game that that listen the, the game uh, is not as 
close as the score indicates here. Right. Uh, Dangerfield clear, was clearly the more athletic team. But Anderson Chiro, because they came out, they played hard, they, they got after it, they, you know, they played with some tenacity. Uh, you know, and, and I, I said this about uh, the quarterback, they're Dangerfield's quarterback. He's still a young quarterback. Right. And we think, oh, well, now he's had a whole season. That's true, but nothing's like a playoff game. And the only playoff experience he had last year was getting thrown in there. Against uh, Wascom. Against what? I mean, late in the West Rest game, you already got big. It's not that big of a deal. But then you get thrown in there against Wascom. I mean, at the time, we had Coach Keeling and the whole nine yards, yeah. you know, just c- coming after you, doing things that he hadn't seen, scheming up some things to stop him. You know, and that's your your last taste of playoff football. You're going to carry that into your first taste of playoff football, you know, this season. I thought we saw a lot of that in the first half, not so much in the second. He was able to kind of calm down, do some things. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were able to open it up with their athleticism and, and win it running away. Yeah. But I expect that to not be the case this this week. Right. You know. Um. It was nice to see him kind of shake those jitters off in the second half, you know, yeah. get going. Um, but as as one thing I say about that game is uh, for Dangerfield, uh, the penalties and I and I think that was more so on the 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 refing crew than it was as the majority. I, everybody is even on different forums. You know, oh well, they had over a hundred yards of penalties. The majority of those were holding calls. Yeah, and it was like every run, every time that Danger wanted to run the football, it was they were called holding. That is to an extent. I mean, your kid. That's more on the officiating crew because if an officiating crew wants to call holding every play, it's going to be there. Right. It's just a matter of do they really want to do that? Do they really want to prolong the game? And that's what happened is they decided we're going to prolong this game by continually calling it play after play after yeah, play. Yeah, and that's what it, it got kind of old after a while because we were looking at the plays. And it was like, yeah. okay, holding on. It was, and it was on the same player for the majority of the time. And I'm like, he cannot be holding. He hasn't had... They weren't that egregious. Yeah. If they were holds, they weren't egregious enough to continually stop. Playing. Right, but that's what they made it out to seem. And that's what kind of drugged that game, that first half, uh, out longer than what it and, should And we're been. not being homers here. I would say that even if Anderson Shiro, Yeah. If they they made some, some holding calls on Anderson Shiro, I didn't agree with. Right. That was an efficient crew that they... they Set the tone early that we're gonna call it. If it's an out of a, a call, we're gonna call it, and that's not good for high school football. No, it's not good for the game. It's not good for anybody uh, because there, there was, like I said, there was a couple calls against Harrison Chiro that I didn't see. You know that I thought, yeah, why yeah. are you calling that? I thought they that that Chiro had every uh, right to be upset. There was a couple times where they couldn't get together on, you know, was the player down and he fumbled the ball. One, one official had him down. The other one had him fumbling the ball. Uh, there was a couple times they had to talk about the spotting of the ball. I mean, that was just a crew that I don't know if they had worked together or what, but that right. was a bad look for a playoff game. Um, and especially, you know, the the, the infamous catch. Uh, and how the back judge calls it. Yeah, that's what, that's what kind of 
ruined that game. And then, you know, we know that player ended up getting ejected from that game from other for personal fouls, but it wasn't anything bad. It's just he just had two. And he, had to get he had ejected. two of them, and that's it. But for that ref to call that catch, and, and I, as I, as you know, we both know I have it on film. We both looked at it, and that's it was a catch. a catch. But he called it. I, I didn't agree with that ref. That he had done judge. it earlier in the game too. Yeah, uh, and, and that was one of those they. I mean, they had to get with him several times on some calls. That looked to me like a crew that hasn't worked together. Yeah. And that happens sometimes in the playoffs. And Yeah. And that's what you don't want to happen in playoffs. And it's crazy that it did happen. But, yeah, they were all over the place. Uh, but Dangerfield played. They got it together. Uh, was able to move the ball consistently. And they just, their athleticism just showed throughout the rest of that game. Yeah. I mean, speed. Uh, running wise, like I said, the quarterback he really stepped up that second half, and I, I mean, it was was good to see him shake those jitters off and you know just get going. Uh, however, and this will be the last thing I want to say on them is that his eyesight. There were some passes he should have made yeah. that he didn't make. Uh, he decided to just take off running. Uh, it's, it, I, you have to be in in, in in cases like that. You have to be more attentive because we're not talking about passes that was just one guy covering. No, we're talking about guys that were wide open with no one on them. Yeah. And he for one for one thing for one at one time he looked right after the receiver as he was wide open in the corner by the end zone <laughs> and then looked them dead in the face. Then turned around, yeah. took off running. Tucked it. He, yeah, he got the touchdown. And you can't do that. You yeah. can't get the feeling that okay, for this for us to win, I got to be Superman. No, you got to trust your teammates, right? And, and I, I think that's something they addressed this week in practice uh, moving yeah. forward. I, you know, I, I think that gets better. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Mount Vernon beat Tatum pretty bad. I did not see that coming. <laughs> uh, Tatum had some issues uh, in the rank. I mean, just kind of a messy game from what I understand, but. Hey, for Tatum, this was a big step forward from where yeah, they've been the for, past couple seasons. Yeah, for for Keelan to come in with that new offense, uh, and just bring a totally new offense. I won't, I won't say new offense, a totally new offense. Tatum goes from the spread to the uh, flex bone, and so when you when you do that, you know you go from passing offense to a uh, run dominant offense, and it's not to say that. Tatum wasn't able to throw the ball. I mean, they had the athletes, but you know when your head coach comes in and he wants to run his system, and a coach like uh, Whitney Keeling, when he comes in and his success that he's had in that offense over the years, I mean, two state championships, you have to take some recognition to that. And say, okay, now this is uh, this is your this is your team, this is your staff, this is your game, and so with them doing that, I'm. Very, very. Um, I'm not shocked, but I'm very impressed with how Tatum and their athletes uh, bought into that system, and they were able to be successful. Yes, they may have gotten beat out in the first round, but it's the fact that they made it there with that offense and was as successful as they were in that offense that They're, makes the difference. Because they have the athletes. Yeah. The, the execution was what impressed me. Yeah. Was that they, they, they caught on pretty quick. They executed it very, very well. Yeah. Now, that, even... That was impressive. Even when we seen them, you know, when they played Dangerfield, you yeah. know, that was very impressive. Even then... Second you know, week of the year. Second week. And they they had it going. 
had a little issues, but as I'm I'm very sure of, they got it together. I think it was the first or second. It was the second week, second week, second yeah. week of the uh, of the season. But they looked impressive then, and so I just I can only imagine what they look like for the rest of the season. Um, but man, I am impressed now. On Mount Vernon's side, uh, they I, I figured be that would be they're uh, not going to be able to sustain that offense. They're still running mainly out of Wildcat because they don't have a quarterback. Well, man, see, then that's the thing. Now, the only way I see that working is if they switch it up. You know, if they switch it up and put McGill at in the Wildcat position, that would be different. But as of right now, they have a receiver playing quarterback out of that position yeah. and you know McGill of course is still running back but I just want to see how they're if, if they can switch it up and kind of mix it up with those players I think they have a chance of going further than you know what we think but if they continue in just that then teams are going to catch on quick and yeah that I mean that's tough yeah when you didn't have another quarterback in waiting uh and you've got an offense that's built around the quarterback right uh that that's just tough uh, and and that's where they're at. But hey, they can. T- the the here's the thing that I preach for years uh, as a coach and as an analyst and different things. Just go out there and compete. Right. On any given night, you can win a football game. You know, a, a fumble of the ball here, an interception there, a a, a, a fourth down play call here. You right. know, and all of a sudden you're in a ball game. Yeah. You know, even against teams that you look across, there, that's a darn good football team. Right. And different things can happen, and then you look up and you won the ball game. Yeah, and the one and and the thing is, man, you know, talking to these players, seeing the look in these players' eyes, they're all in. Yeah, this is playoff season. This is win or go home. This is no longer we got next week. No, right. this is win or go home. So, you know, these players out there, they're putting it putting it on the line. You know, there's no more room for mistakes. You know, or costly mistakes at that. So. With Mount Vernon, if they can compete and and stay in ball games and continue to use the athleticism that they have, they will be able to go far. far and it will, now, like I said, I thought it was going to be a better game than it was against Tatum because I just seen Tatum as a good team. Yeah. And Mount Vernon, you know, as a good team, but that was struggling. So I figured, you know, that'd be some. I thought that was one of those where Tatum may pull that one out. Yeah. I, I, I and I was really, and I was kind of looking forward to that, but. Then again, man, you know you. There's some good. And this is why I say this three A read these three A regions is a. Just did the same thing, and so it's smart on his part and knowing his players and his you know the kind of players that he have and trusting them to be able to adjust as well. Yeah, and so uh, that's good for Winsboro. Uh, and they they played uh, 
Atlanta. Atlanta, so that's yeah. That's what I was going to say. Props to Atlanta for making the playoffs after yeah. the disaster of the year that they had last right. year and the mess that was the offseason uh, for them. Props to those guys. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, it was a lot, like I said, it was a lot of good games down. That was more better. That was better games in 3A than it was in 4A. Yeah, I because the competition is more even. Yeah. Uh, 4A, you've got your clear top guys and everybody else. Three Division Two and Three Division One, you've got a lot of really good football yeah. teams, kind of duking it out. Now, the the biggest upset that I saw this past weekend uh, was Texas High getting upset by uh, Terrell. That that is a Texas tragedy. High. I say have bad luck in in, in in first rounds because I don't know what happens. I, I mean, because we've seen them in person, we know yeah, what they could do. Good. And this is the second year that this happened to them. You know, they come out as the top team in their district. You know, they're near undefeated this season yeah. and the year prior, and they get bounced in the first round. Yep. That's that's a heartbreaker because it's like you've built up your momentum yeah. just to lose in the first round. I, I hate it for them. I really do. And I, I don't know what to even say for them to get it together because on film it looks like they're the – Better team. Uh, yeah, they they should be state championship caliber competitors. Yeah. I, I how good was Terrell? That's all I have to say. I mean, Terrell was a good football team, but I, that was an upset. Like, yeah, that was not a game that Texas High should have lost. Right, and uh, that was an overtime game too. Mm. Uh, and then Longview blows out Crosby as they continue to march to another what I think will be another state Sweet. championship for them. I mean, I still say. Carthage and Longview. I just just two teams I just want to see. I've talked to people who 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 beg to differ to say that's not a game that you want to see played because Longview will take it to okay, Carthage. Okay, who has said that though? Like, listen, come on. No, yeah, no, that's a game that needs I, to I I think it'll be a good game to be played. I wish they would play it. I wish they would play it at Lobo. Let everybody let them pack it out on the hills and Yeah. That'll be a good game. That'll be a good East Texas throwdown right there. Right. And That's a no win for Longview, really. I mean, if, if Longview wins, they're supposed to win. If they get beat, they got beat. Yeah. I honestly think it's that's just a good game because I, athletes on both sides of the ball for both teams. Very good coaches on yeah. both sides. I'm telling you, that's the East Texas throwdown. Yeah. If those two games, if that game happens. And nobody can argue about the numbers, really, because Carthage packs a sideline like it's – a like five school. Well, like a college. Do you remember they had the helmet cases? They had the helmet the cases. The fans, the, the canopies and yeah. the tents and all this stuff. You're not wanting as a, a Carthage football player. No. You have the best water, H2O system, Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, the whole nine yards, yeah. man. You get meals, like not just snacks, <laughs> meals. Yeah. And so... These these two teams are obviously the two the, the two headed giants in East Texas, man. Yeah. As of right now, and have been. I mean, for Coach uh, Surratt and Coach King, uh, two great coaches, both Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, yes, Hall of Fame football coaches. Surratt, well on his way to be the most winningest coach in uh, East in Texas history. Yeah. Uh, possibly about to win his ninth state, uh, state championship this year. Be a shocker if he doesn't, but I I don't see anyone beating him as of right now. No, I, I don't see that at all. 
Uh, let's see. So we've got some some playoff matchups. You've got Dangerfield versus Decab. Decab. So I was texting you about this. Decab goes to the slot T out of the pistol. Yeah. So uh, what's that up with was that? interesting. I don't know. I don't know if they did the they pro just, I just wasn't working for them. A well, I bit, think. Well, you, you know, know, they lost their running back. Yeah, they did. So I mean, that does give them a little bit more deception. Yeah. You know, out of it. Uh, but they 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 make some moves offensively. Uh, I, that's a good football team. They're gonna play hard. They commit a lot of penalties, uh, dumb penalties, and the other issue I think for them in that ball game is gonna be that secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's questionable. I mean, Paul Pewitt was able to throw the ball on them, and Paul Pewitt can't throw like Dangerfield. Can throw. No. Uh, and so I, I now on Dangerfield side, Aaron Hampton's out for the year. Yeah, uh, I believe an that's an yeah, ankle injury. Uh, heartbreaker for his season, you know, and he. Heartbreaking for his season, but he he has, the Lord willing, he has another year going uh, as senior. He's only a junior this year. Yeah. Uh, but you hate to see it happen because you know he's one of the top receivers. But for Dangerfield, I mean, golly, they just at that heck, even running back position, they have depth. Yes, <clears throat> which All, is rare at the three level, but they've yeah. got depth. Receivers, I mean, they have receivers all over the field. Uh, last Thursday. Yeah. Uh, receivers we hadn't seen all year at that, and they and they do a good job. That's that's where I think people can fall in the trap sometimes. Uh, is they think okay, well now that kid's out. Yeah. Okay, they got three or four now that, that you still have to. Look yeah, because at. people will look at Aaron Hampton. You know, he's the he's committed to Texas. Yeah. He's a, a four star, well on his way to be a five star athlete. Yeah. He's on his way to Texas, and you look at okay, he's going out. Oh wait, we got this game. Well, no, you still have. Jakevian Rogers. Yeah. You have Marion Sim- uh, Simmon. Uh, got his other name, but you have that guy. They call him Peanut. Then you yeah. have two other giants. So, so <laughs> Dangerfield is just. You're you running back. You know, and you're running backs. You know, <laughs> you have three yeah. running backs. You have a speed that back they, and two power backs. That they kind of interchange, yeah. kind of depending on the scheme and where they're at on the field. Yeah. That's still a very good football team. Yeah. Uh, and so, but I, I expect that'll be a good matchup to watch. I, I'm looking for how does Dangerfield handle. I think they can, uh, just off what we've seen. But I want to see it. How do they handle a consistent running attack? Yeah. Uh, you know, if you just line up, run the football right at them. Uh, so I, I, I'm interested to see how they're going to handle that. And uh, we'll be at that game Friday night in Sulphur Springs. Uh, so I, I think that'll be a good one. You've got Carthage versus Van Alstine. Good year, Van Alstine. Like, <laughs> at this point, every time we announce a Carthage game, it's like, well, good job. I don't even care who it is. Like, good good season. Uh, go ahead and air up the basketballs. Uh, let's see. You've got, oh, back over there on the 3A side, you've got Newton versus New Boston. So it will look to be Dangerfield and Newton in the third round, probably. Newton's actually changed up their offensive scheme, going from a two-back scheme to a spread scheme, uh, to try and get their athletes out in space. I think that's going to be a very good third-round matchup uh, should those both teams yeah. advance. And I've got the winner of that game winning the region going to state. Uh, I, I, I just don't see anybody else. I mean, other good football teams, but I don't see anybody else really kind of being able to play with, at the level that those two are yeah. capable of playing. Uh, but I, I think that'll be a good thing for us to keep an eye on, you know, throughout the week. And then heading into the weekend uh, is kind of where Newton's at, where New Boston's at, and uh, in their preparation and, 
and mm. seeing what that's going to look like. But uh, so you've got that. Then Carthage, of course, going to roll. That game's actually at Texas High. <laughs> so that's old stumping grounds where he led Texas High to state. Yeah, at Texas, Texas High. high. Uh, then you've got Gilmer versus Gainesville. So that's a little bit of deception on Gainesville's part. They look good record-wise, but then you saw I saw where they lost one of their district games like sixty-two to six. So it's kind of questionable where they <laughs> yeah. where they fit in. Uh, so that matchup. Oh, uh, let me look. <laughs> I'm like, goodness, man. I can't remember because they that so I thought that was down there. I'll be honest, I thought that was down there around Houston. It's not. That's up around Whitesboro. Where is that? <laughs> up around Dallas. Ah, kind of west of Dallas. Gainesville's not a high school that I was overly familiar with. Honestly, how the heck did Gilmer get a team like that? Just the way that the. Realignment happened. Well, Gilmer always get those guys like Graham and Solana. Yeah, they went four and two in district. Let's see mm-hmm. here. They got second, third maybe. Third. Looking oh, at their yeah. schedule, That's obviously. Uh, they lost to Cedar Hill forty-six to twelve. Who beat Cedar? They lost to Vernon thirty-six to twenty-four. They lost to Hillcrest fifty to thirty. This is all early in the year. Mm-hmm. Then they lost to Denton sixty two to nothing. Goodness. Now in their district they lost to uh let's see. They lost to Aubrey sixty three to six and they lost to Van Alstine sixty five to eighteen. So I expect you were probably Lights to, out. To That's a- <laughs> I, I expect that. I mean having not seen Goodness, anything on man. it. Uh, I expect that that it'll be Carthage and Gilmer next week after this round. Mm-hmm. I, I expect that game. And from what we were told, that game's going to probably be at Tyler Rhodes yeah. from a source. Because they want... So Rat wants everybody... To yeah. come watch. If you, if you know if anything about Gilmer and Carthage matchup, Gilmer's lost every one of them. Yeah, since the last time that they won, they lost. It wasn't as bad as twenty eight seven, but that's not. Gilmer hadn't beat Carthage in like almost ten years, when they were in a district together. Yeah, that's. I don't even think they beat them then. Yeah, they the, the one year when they were in district. That's when is is that when Pittsburgh was in there with them? Yeah. Because I remember. But then that. Carthage went on in one state that year. Gilmer did not. Pittsburgh was obviously the bottom feeder of that district. Yeah. Carthage, Gilmer, Henderson, Pittsburgh, and somebody else. Chapel Hill was in that district. Yeah. Bad. They called it the District of Doom. Yep. For a reason. Yeah, three <laughs> three head monster state championship teams going at yeah. each other. Imagine those weeks match up. <laughs> <laughs> Every week yeah. it was a playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. But- Carthage got third in that district to one state. Mm. The only reason they got third was because it came down to points for the second spot. Yeah. Yeah, Pittsburgh lost out both times. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, but, yeah, but that's kind of where that rivalry is at with Carthage and Gilmer is that it's been 10 years. Heck, they played over here in Gilmer a few years ago and had Carthage down in half and then Carthage put up like 30-something points in the second half. 
See, that's what I'm saying. And they had Ingram back there running. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? Run. Something Ingram. Oh, uh, he plays uh, at Texas now. Devonta Ingram. I think like so. That. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, he was a very good running back. Yeah, and it's a force to be reckoned with. But see, that's what I'm talking about with Carthage. Gilmer, that <laughs> that that record let us know Gilmer is old for whatever with Carthage. Uh, well, one and something with Carthage. And that was, as you said, 10 years, ten years ago. <laughs> mm. Anyways, but that, and then you've got uh, Pleasant Grove uh, is going to play Cato Mills. I think Pleasant Grove gets to the fourth round. Pleasant Grove is skating. Well, wait, if if, if Gilmer plays them, they uh, never, Carthage, they want to yeah, play Carthage till fourth round. Exactly. They're that skating was, all so, the way to So the round. second place team in the district Goes had the, the better draw. They laughing. Good, good luck. You've been the number one team. <laughs> but you may be us in district, but we'll win in the long run. Gosh, man, all roads lead. All roads lead to Carthage. Eventually, but it's better to get beat out in the regional final game. Like at least you made it to the regional final. Game. Yeah. I hate it. Why can't Carthage just be a five A team? Because they would win there, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but they'd be out. Listen, 4A would rejoice. That oh, would be at every Carthage school. Carthage hasn't lost to a 5A team yet. Every school in 4A would come together and celebrate Carthage they would go applaud to 5A. That. Yes. They tell everybody tired of Carthage. Yeah, we got to play uh, Carthage. You've got Winsboro versus Malakoff. I think that's a great matchup. Oh. Interesting to see what offensive set that Winsboro comes out in. Uh, you've got Longview, uh, Longview versus Frisco Long, Lone Star. Remember them? Our old buddy old pals that beat Pittsburgh. No, that wasn't no. Pittsburgh yep. played uh, Frisco Independent. Oh, that's right. But either way, that's going to be a bad game. Yeah, I don't see that turning out well for Lone Star. Well, you know, they had a good season. They made it. And there. then you've got Mount Vernon versus West. Is that even a game? What do you, uh, Could be. It has been in the past. I think it depends on what Mount Vernon does on offense. Like, you know, what, what do you, you can't keep running the most basic stuff. Right, but even... I don't see that being a game. I, it would be a shocker if West beats them, but I don't... I could see West... That's what I'm saying. I could see West winning that game. I mean, because I, I don't know that Mount Vernon can continue to get away with that. Well, it's like I said, if they can come out and they can, you know, maneuver some different things around with the ball, then they they have a good, a good chance. But you're right. I'll give you that if they keep doing the same old thing. And it's not like you just don't have a choice. Like, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a choice. Yeah. I would go get some kid. Like, pick him out of the school. Like, hey, man, can you throw the ball? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, at this point, you. I know you haven't played a down of football all year. Yeah. It's not your interest, but can you throw the ball? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I mean, but that's the danger, man. You know, with, with Mount Vernon, man, you have a good running back. You that's why I say with this spread offense is that when you when you do that, you build your offense around these quarterbacks, and then these quarterbacks get hurt, and then that's all you have, and you have nothing else. And now you're stuck with a pass offense running out of the Wildcat. <laughs> you know, true. And so, you have to have backups. You have to produce a backup. Other than just the Wildcat. 
Because anybody can pick up on a Wildcat unless you're just that good at running, like Tenson. You know, and you have an athletic quarterback or, you know, somebody athletic that can just run. Yeah, they've got a really good running back. They could, they could still win state. Yeah. But that's how good they are. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you, that's, you have to balance your offense. You have to learn how to balance your offense. You know, and it's okay to balance it. You know, you have, especially when you have a good running back. You have to bet. You have to get him his, you know, his his uh, touches. Yeah. Just hate to see it from Mount Vernon. Now he's stuck in the Wildcat. Well, no place to go. No path for Yeah. What are you receivers doing other than blocking right now? I mean. It's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, moving on to college. Here's where it gets interesting. It gets ugly. It gets ugly. ugly. Well, I don't know if it gets ugly. It gets hard to figure. So here, college is like working a hard math equation right now. So exactly. (laughs) So the here is NCAA.com does percentages and runs through their little uh, formulas on their computer stuff. Here's where they predict the the football, the college football playoff seating will be after Tuesday when the committee releases another round. Okay. They've got Georgia number one, clearly. They've got Ohio State number two. Bull. Okay, keep going. Michigan number three. Total bull. Keep going. TCU number four. Why is Ohio State over Michigan? I don't understand that. I think that we get caught up in, oh, that's Ohio State. But Michigan's playing lights out right now. I mean, rightfully so. Who else? What else you got? I'm not even going to go too deep into that. Oh, I will here in a second because I got something to say about that. Tennessee at five. This is, now, now, this is just the computer rankings. Okay, okay? yeah. What they yeah. predict will be yeah. the case. USC number six. LSU at seven. Now I stopped the list there. They've got more, but yeah. but th- those are the those ones are the that top have team, yeah. the, a chance. Yeah. So here here's my deal. I've got Michigan beating Ohio State. Yeah, but see that that's what I was thinking about here just uh, a second ago. Is the only way that they have Ohio State over Michigan is that Ohio State beats Michigan this weekend. That's. Uh, right. They, they don't play this weekend. That, that would be the Big Ten championship. Well, if they. Okay, well, that's the case. Then why would you? I mean, you're thinking so headed. So I don't see them beating Michigan. That's because Michigan can do so much. But for Ohio State, they have a good running game. Their pass game isn't isn't elite. I, I say that it never has been. So Michigan will play Ohio State not this weekend, but next the okay. Saturday after Thanksgiving. Okay, so, uh, but that's the only way is that they have them yeah, picked to beat they, Michigan. Right. Ah. But but they're basing that off of just this past week. That's a, that's what it is with that computer algorithm. Yeah. And where they were in last time's rank, you know, the week before his rankings. I'm surprised that Tennessee is as low as they are. Well, okay, but here's the problem with Tennessee is they're not going to get to play for a conference championship. That's the problem. Okay, but... Uh, okay. I understand that. Okay. 
you, you, now we know we have Georgia and LSU for the conference championship, right? And so it's obvious that if Georgia wins, beats LSU, LSU's out. That's it for them, right? Right. Okay, if that's the case, I still believe Tennessee should be ranked higher because they're the they're the only ones out of that out of that conference that has a chance to be in a top four. Well, outside of Georgia. Well, yeah, well, outside of Georgia, but still, that's your number two in 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 your conference. So I'm I'm writing all this down. How this would shape up to see what this would. The only one I think they have legit marked there is TCU. Number four. Yeah, TCU's going to get in. They're not in the top three. But. Yeah. So you've got USC versus somebody over there in the Pac-12. But USC's the only Pac-12 possibility because Oregon got beat. Yeah. So you're going to have... And then TCU's going to play some slappy out of the Big 12 <laughs> that doesn't have a chance. So, out of the games that could decide stuff, the two championship games that could really decide something would be Georgia versus LSU over in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Michigan and Ohio State over in the Big 10. If... Either one of those teams in the Big Ten, okay, wins. That gives the other one a one loss. So then you would be looking, let's say that Michigan beats Ohio State, because that's what I have happening. You've got a one loss Ohio State. Okay. Then you would have a one loss Tennessee, assuming they went out, which they should. Mm-hmm. And you have a, and let's say that USC wins out. You have a one loss USC. Now the the upside for the one loss USC then is that a one loss USC is the Pac twelve champion. Mm. Yeah, right. So if that happens, I have Georgia, assuming that they win, I would have Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC. Because how do you tell a one-loss Pac-12 champion that they're not as good as a one-loss Tennessee, Ohio State? I think if that happens, Tennessee's out. Because they're going to look at Tennessee and say, well, your loss is to Georgia. So you're not on the level. It's considered a bigger loss. Because you're not on their level. Like, they see you as not on their level. So I think in that scenario, Tennessee's out. As long as Georgia wins the SEC championship, I just don't see how that works. Okay. But if you put a one-loss Ohio State in there after losing the Big Ten Championship to Michigan, then then how do you tell anybody in the country that it's worth it to play for a title game? Because then you're telling a one-loss USC, as long as they went out and win the Pac-12, that, well, you're, you're 
conference championship doesn't mean anything. I don't. I don't think Ohio State should get in there. I. But okay, even if Michigan, either way, if Michigan loses, I don't think Michigan's in. Because to me, a one-loss Michigan is not better than a one-loss Pac-12 champion. Like It comes back to my argument with these title games that if we're going to tell these guys that means nothing, then what's the benefit of having a conference championship game? Like If that doesn't mean anything, right? then why have it? Hmm. I would say for the sake of and we talked about this last week, the sake of ratings, you obviously have to get the best story in there. And by far, what it's looking like, just be, because because Oregon lost uh, and TCU won, USC seems to be, that's going to take that, it will, it will make a better story for USC, because Lincoln Riley. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. It will, it will make the better story. Um, but and then Tennessee's out. Uh, I, I hate to say it because I hate the way that that lines up. That Tennessee's in the comp, the same uh, conference as side of the conference yeah. as Georgia because that kept them from being able to play in the title game. Right. Because they obviously deserve to play in that. You know. But okay, but here's where it gets tricky. What if LSU beats Georgia? That makes a one-loss Georgia, but do you... That puts a one-loss Georgia. I think then we have two SEC teams in. Even if they lose, they're still in? Well, LSU and Georgia, but that'd be pointless. Like, why? If that's the case, then why play the SEC championship game? Well, don't I think LSU gets in? Okay, but what about Georgia? I think they get in. Then what's the point of the SEC championship conference championship game? If they're both, it, they, no, the because if that, LSU going to get out anyways. Yeah, if LSU loses, they're out. Yeah, that's why you have to. But play. that's going. That ain't going to be right. Somebody got to go home. Why? You lost the championship. But that's a one-loss team. But it's the championship. So you're saying that a one-loss USC Pac-12 champion is better than a one-loss Georgia. Yes. Or does a two-loss LSU SEC champion have to sit out? That's not right either. But you have to go. Okay, right is right. Georgia lose that championship game, they're out. That's just like if USC lose, they're out. So, I mean... Well, yeah, but that gives USC two losses. That's why they're out. Okay, but it's still it's still a loss. It's a champ- I say if you lose a championship game, that's it. Like, you don't... Why make it... Why put any privilege on it for anybody else? I mean, you lost your conference championship. Well, we've seen... Ohio State, Michigan both get in after Michigan lost the championship game. But that was because everybody else had two losses. That's where it's interesting to me this year is that you have so many one-loss teams. And you have one undefeated team. Two under three undefeated teams. 
Georgia and TCU. Did Michigan lose? Well, or and then whatever your big yeah Big Ten champion is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, <laughs> Georgia can't it comes say. Down, it comes <laughs> down to the eye test. How much does Georgia lose by? If Georgia only loses by a touchdown, I don't say if if they, if they lose. If they lose, I don't say. If, I say it being by three, or maybe between one and three points. Okay. I but still, I don't think. Okay, that's the championship game. Because the the, the point is that. They lost like you see uh USC lost that game during the season, the regular uh-huh. season. Georgia's gonna lose if they lose, they're losing and what's considered like a playoff game. That's okay, but does that's a, a championship loss, game. Well, one lost Georgia though, definitely not Tennessee out because then the Tennessee's loss to Georgia looks worse. Right. Tennessee's on the outside looking in here, no matter what happens. Yeah, they're, they're Unless, the team up in the air right The now. only way that Tennessee could get in would be if TCU lost. And they're, who do they play this week? I think it's Indiana. TCU's like going to lose another regular. I don't, I mean, let's see here. They had a good bout with Texas. Now that could have turned the whole world upside down. Yeah. Oh, TCU's got Baylor this weekend. Oh. oh. Okay. And then they've got... Well, uh, Baylor's, but still, that's just okay. Yeah, so, you've got you've got Baylor, then you have Iowa State, and then you've got the Big Twelve championship game. But if so Baylor could sneak up and beat TCU, then that that changes everything. Unless you get a one loss. Oh, I'd still take a one loss TCU over. Even though they're the conference champion, though, their one loss would be to an unranked team. Tennessee's one loss would be to the number one team in the country. Okay. Which one looks worse? A a loss to an unranked team. Okay. All right. All right. So. Even though you win your conference, you lost to an unranked team. Because see, that's the issue for TCU is that the rest of the Big Twelve is so bad. Okay, so let's bring let's bring Ohio State back in the room. Who they lose to? They haven't. They haven't. Say they lose to Michigan, right? That's yeah. a ranked team. Yeah. Do they still have a chance? Possibly, yes. Why? Because your only loss is to a ranked team. But that's corn. That's I mean that's bull. I mean. But okay, but that's that as it stands right now. That's the way that it works. You get beat by the best team you're still in. Possibly. That's like a sympathy thing. Like, it's okay. You, you. Okay, but, okay, here's where Ohio State may be in trouble. Is that then, if Georgia wins, right. Ohio State loses, TCU loses, you've still got a one loss, and let's say USC loses. You've still got a one-loss Tennessee and a one-loss Ohio State. Ohio State's one loss would be to Michigan. Ohio, uh, 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 Tennessee's one loss would be to the number one team of the country. Then I think you have an argument. Then you have to look at, okay, what was the point spread? Now let me let me check the final because I'm, I'm I'm not I'm blanking on 
this is gonna take up our, the rest of our show for weeks to come. Like, like this is gonna be the for the next yeah for the next three four weeks. It's anybody's game in college right now, and you obviously have Georgia sitting at number one. But if they lose to LSU, so they lost to Georgia twenty-seven to thirteen on the road in Georgia now. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ohio State would play Michigan at Ohio State. A loss at home looks worse than a loss on the road to the number one team in the country. This is also where it comes down to the eye test. That's the problem with the four-team four system. If if we were at 12 teams, heck, if we were at 12 teams, Alabama's in. <laughs> and after seeing that... the way Alabama played against Ole Miss, I'm not so sure that Alabama shouldn't be in. Yeah. That was a close game, but you saw a very disciplined Alabama football team. Let's toss up there. But... It just seems like a sympathy rule. It's like, okay, it's okay. You lost to the number one team or the number two team in your conference. It's okay. You still got a chance. You get in. But you look at team... Say T- TCU loses to Baylor. That's an unranked team. No, you lost to an unranked team. You, I mean, you can't. I mean, that that's what makes it bad. Is it seems like a sympathy type of rule for these teams that are losing to these these ranked teams. To me, a loss is a loss, regardless of who you lost to. You just, I mean, that just puts you in a different caliber than that team, but you still lost. You don't get any special privileges. So if Georgia loses to LSU, Georgia should be out. Yeah, but that's a one-loss team. But you still lost, and then it was the championship team. I mean, uh, championship. But it, but that's what I'm saying. It comes down to eye test and who lost when and where and how. That's the system. I get it. That can be the system, but take the sympathy rule out of it. Well, okay, you would in the sense that Georgia, a Georgia loss takes Tennessee out. Yeah. Okay, I can understand that. Why can't Georgia be out too? Well, because they only have one loss. So? Tennessee had one loss. But it was to Georgia. So? I mean, that's what I'm saying. That, it's, a sy- it's not a sympathy. <laughs> it's an eye test. Cool. See what ratings do? <laughs> this is what ratings do to sports. Forget, if we would throw the ratings out the door... It would make it so much simpler, but because it's a popularity contest, it makes it so much more difficult and unnecessary for teams that have to like sweat and wonder, okay, if so-and-so lose, we still got a chance, but if they win, we're out. Let's get rid of the popularity. Who cares if it's Georgia? If they lose, The only way out of this is to go to the 12-team play. They need to hurry that up. Because, I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It makes for good... It does. It, it makes for good, con- for good, good content. content. It's never been this hard in the season. These past seasons, man. No, because then it was clear who the top four team... Was. Now, the, it has been this hard for the fourth spot. Now, 2020 was hard because you had all those cancellations. Right. 
and all that mess. And Texas A&M got ripped off. Texas yeah, A&M got beat again. <sighs> who's who's the next this? coach? Who's that? Like, who wants that job? It's the same name we've been bringing up for years. I mean, for weeks. Urban Wire? Yeah, that's the only one that could take it. Rightfully so. So Man, that, Kiffin ain't going there. Yeah, they lost. Uh, I'm sorry. They yeah, they lost to uh, Auburn, thirteen to ten. You lost to Auburn. <laughs> bad Auburn, man. Bad Auburn. Really bad Auburn. All right, fire their head coach, Auburn. They hey, gonna Cadillac's lose to Texas. Won two games in a Look, row. With they'll Auburn. lose to Texas once Texas get to the SEC. Okay, but back to this whole playoff scenario. How smart? Because now that you brought that up, how smart is is Lincoln Riley? He saw a gold mine in, in the West. He went West. <laughs> so manifest destiny is what he said. <laughs> he took everybody with yes, him. Yes, and 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 he, he. That's why I say it would be a better story, man. If USC would get in, it would be a better story. Yeah, but how stupid does Oklahoma look? Extremely stupid because Texas isn't worth chasing. No, Texas is bad. Texas got beat. Yes, they're not worth chasing. That's what I'm saying. And I, that Texas is my team, but I'm telling you, they're not worth chasing. Texas is not where we thought they were. No. Now Sarkeesian's done well enough to keep his job, I think. Yes, but they still have obviously a lot to work on. But but Oklahoma, yeah, had a chance to stay atop the Big Twelve. And- and they said, no, we want to go, we want to chase, if they're going to chase Texas A&M, we want to chase them. <laughs> For what? And again, nobody thought we have to play Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss, the thing is, LSU. You, you could still play Texas, just play them in. A non-conference yes, game. Yes, a non-conference game. You still have the same rank. I mean, you at least win. Your, you can make the conference. playoffs because yeah. you can be the undefeated Big 12 champion. Exactly. But no, we got to chase it to the SEC. Why are you running after Texas? I can get why Texas is running after. Obviously, somebody in Texas knew something about Texas A&M that we didn't know. Yeah, they looked at that and said, that's a disaster. It's we're going down fast, guys. so we're going to follow them. So, But for Oklahoma to say, well, we're going to jump ship too and follow you. Like, but you here's just what the kink in the deal even for Texas is even if they beat Texas A&M, they're not the best team in the state because TCU all of a sudden No, because their only purpose well. of going to the SEC is to beat Texas A&M, <laughs> and which they could and probably will. And then lose to every other yeah, team in the country. But they beat Texas A&M. That's the sole purpose of – why can't these – it's a bad decision on the board because at the same time, all you had to do was schedule a non-conference game. Say, hey, we want to play you. Come on down. <laughs> You did it with Alabama. Why couldn't you do it with Texas A&M? It's true. Hey, they both in the SEC. It doesn't make any sense to me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> now they stuck. They in the contract. Might as well go. So talking about Auburn, too, because they just picked Texas yeah. A&M. Cadillac Williams has won two games. Okay. Maybe he gets that job. Maybe he doesn't. If he doesn't, who does? Because Kevin's acting like he don't want the job. Now, again, this is the same guy who left Tennessee at midnight with a police escort. While bur- buildings literally were burning around <laughs> Well, to take the USC job. <laughs> that okay. was a Sodom and Gomorrah story. Don't look back. <laughs> Don't look back. Literally, there is a story. He famously, 
him and his dad were locked up in the coach's office looking out the window <laughs> while students bashed cars, <laughs> threw rocks through the building, and burnt the, the uh, gas station across the road. <laughs> and he got an escort out of the building in an unmarked vehicle to take him to the airport. I'm telling you, it's like a song. You see what's happening, but you wait <laughs> till those angels, the angels come knock on your door. It's that time to go. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Hold up. Uh, so, if but he, he doesn't, acts if he like doesn't he want doesn't want it. If he doesn't want it, then Dion gets it. But then, okay, here's the deal with Dion. Dion needs to make up his mind. Do you want a Power 5 job or not? Because eventually they will quit calling. Yeah, but okay, say he doesn't take this one. He wants to stay, and he wants to kind of see see it through with uh, Jackson State, right? He doesn't get another phone call. He's done. Well, he okay. Well, then that's okay. Then that's a question. That's a that's a question for Dion. Like you said, do you want a power five? I he think does, I don't. This whole deals about him wanting yeah, a power five. I don't five think Dion's ready for power. I think he's doing great where he's at. Build that program up. That's a top program. That it, I mean, you've had NFL players come from that program. You've built it back up. Keep building on it. That's all you have to do. Keep building on it, and you're definitely going to see more players from that from from that school go into the NFL draft and get drafted and play. So why leave it behind? Because you want a bigger job, and it's not because of money. Because Dion has the money. It's I, I think it's, it's all about yeah. Dion is about Dion. That, that, not, I mean, he always has been, always will. Yeah. I, I just say, Dion, stay in Jackson State. Continue doing the great work that you're doing there. Okay, but if he doesn't take, if he gets offered, assuming yeah. they offer him the yeah. Auburn job, and he turns it down, I don't think he gets another offer. Uh, he probably doesn't. He probably because doesn't. Because he lost out on the TCU job. Yeah, he, he, did he, get, he didn't get the Florida State job. Didn't get the Florida State job. And so if they offer him taking Travis Hunter hurt him because everybody knew that that well, was that, about that caused bad blood with these power fives. Yeah, but and and everybody knew that that was aimed at Florida State. It had nothing to do with his program or the kid. It was hey, you didn't give me your football job, so I'm going to take your best play. He made a statement, and Travis Hunter bought into it, and and with Travis Hunter. Being the top recruit, the top corner slash wide receiver in the nation, you went to a college where Dion, who is the greatest corner in NFL history, and you went there. You say you could say because you wanted to learn from the greatest. You want to be the greatest. You gotta learn. You gotta learn from the greatest. But you went there and risking the opportunity to ever win a national championship. Yeah. Uh, maybe well, you're not to, gonna win national. Yeah, not yeah, no. Uh, to ever possibly really get notoriety. Um, and on top of that, could it affect his draft position? Probably. And so I think it hurts him because you don't know what he's like against elite talent. Yeah. I, I think that's the problem. But I, so that's what makes this would make that Dion if he was offered and he takes that move to Auburn. That will that's what would make it a little bit better because Dion came from uh Florida well, Florida State, right? Yeah. FSU, uh, SEC team. Yep. 
and you get you get a kid who could have went to any SEC team that he wanted in the country, any college that he wanted to in the country, honestly. And you get this kid, and he's at this HBCU. You don't get a lot of notoriety. You're not getting a lot a lot of looks. But say you get that Auburn job, and you take him with you. Now he's in the SEC. Now he now he's getting the looks. Yeah. So that's where that could be the up, the 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 pros of him going to Auburn, because then now it's not about him. Now it's about you getting this player to a higher, you know, notoriety uh, level. Yeah, it, it, it could, but it comes down to with these teams, uh, they're looking at Dion. Do you want to put up with that, and will he calm down? If he gets a Power 5 job. If he gets a Power 5 job, all this jogging around the stadium, all that's got to stop. You come out, you do your walk, you shake hands, you do your press conference, you go do your job. That's how the Power 5 works. They don't have all of this mess that goes on. There can't be any of this turning around and dancing with the student section. There can't be any of the... That doesn't happen. That's not what it's about. And if you do that, you're going to get Nick Saban... Uh, Brian Kelly, Kirby Smart, Lincoln, they're going to eat you for a lunch and, and, and have some leftovers too. Well, like, it, you can't be that unprofessional at that level. Okay. It, That's the you, issue. You go back, okay. <clears throat> what Dion is doing now would probably work and be totally fine with at a high school level. Oh, yeah. I think Dion should have, he should have went to a, a, a a big school in Dallas. He could have went to either one. He could have went to either one. He he should have gone to Allen. He should have yeah. taken the Allen job. Should have went. He could have went there. You get your your son's a senior. He's graduating. He's already going off to college. But you you get your coaching experience at a top high school team. You put a little, put a couple of years under your belt there, and then maybe maybe you look at other jobs. Yes, maybe and maybe you get that top five. Maybe not be as not maybe not as a head coach, but as an assistant. Yeah, at a top five school, you know. But it's 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 kind of like he skipped the rose. And he, and I understand that if I'm Jackson State, yeah, I hire him because I mean you're a no name school in the country, that puts you on the map all of a sudden. Now ESPN's showing up. Yeah, you know your kids are getting exposure. The SWAC wanted him because that kind of opened up everybody's eyes to them. And open up, you know, eyes to HBCU schools, all of that. Yeah. But at for Dion's professional life, that hurt him, in my opinion. Because now he's pulling off all these shenanigans that they don't care about. That's okay at that level. It's not okay at a power five. It, it, you know, like I said, that that's just not tolerated. Uh that wears thin, you know, because if he does that there and goes three and whatever, you know, has a four win season, he's gone. Like that, yeah. They'll, you're a clown. Get out. And if he ever loses a power five job, he he's the kind that won't get another interview. Like he he's not getting another chance. No. He's done. Go home. Uh, and and so I just think he's in a precarious spot where if he doesn't take the Auburn job, if he gets offered it, he doesn't take it. I don't think he gets asked again. If he takes it and fails, I don't think he gets asked again. Like, it's kind of yeah. a no-win situation for Dion at this point. That's why I tell, he wins. That, uh, 
that's why I said just stay at Jackson State, man. Build yeah. your career there. As a college football coach, build your career there. If that's what you want to do. Yeah. I mean. He's not going to get an NFL job. Well, not, I don't know if Jeff Saturday got an NFL job, so I guess he might can get an yeah. NFL job. You're, we'll talk about that in a second. You're not going to. Uh, you don't have anything to prove to anyone. As Deion Sanders, you don't have anything to prove. I think it's when these these guys, even us in life, when you get to a point where you're trying to prove yourself, constantly prove yourself, that's when you get to it. That's when you start to decline. Like your value goes down. Yeah. Because uh, you don't. Deion Sanders doesn't have anything to prove. He's the greatest, one of the greatest football players in in, in NFL history and in, in football history. You know, you've won some state championships where you were at the private school with your sons. Uh, you've had success there on the high school football field. You don't have anything. You was a great, great analyst. You don't have anything else to prove. Right. You know, just coach. Be a coach. Yeah, you don't need all these shenanigans. That's, yeah. that's what bothers me with Dion. Is all of the the outside yeah, and the, the likes extra and the, stuff. yeah, just be a coach. <clears throat> I don't. Know, I, I just think that's a, another thing there that we have to watch. Yeah. So uh, looking at the NFL, a lot of bad football in the NFL. Yes, it's not. It's not pretty. So the Cowboys, Cowboys losing yeah, overtime. Don't know why McCarthy went for it on fourth and two in overtime. Just kick the field goal, man. Just kick and get the game the over with. Well, I mean, they still could have. Because yeah, that was but, the first possession, so I mean, they were still Green Bay still gets the ball, but then at least that ties it. Then you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But just give your team a chance. It gets greedy at, at that point. Just, but they had been going for fourth, fourth downs all game. Yeah, and I get it, but there. Because then you force Green Bay to make the decision: Do we want to go to another over, or do we want to just go on and score? Yeah. Then there's a decision. At that point, there's no decision. Green Bay knows all we've got to do is get in field goal range, go kick it, and we win. Yeah. I. It's a headache. Uh, because it makes you question. Okay, and this and I said this, you know, before the show is. When you have good teams losing to bad teams, it makes you wonder, okay, then nobody's really good. It it, it makes it bad for, for uh, NFL football. It makes it bad for football because there's no way that the that Dallas should have lost that game. No, but that showed me the Cowboys are not true NFC contenders. They're they're on the periphery, but they're not there. We talked about this before the show. There's yeah. still moves to be made. Yeah. I still question whether Mike McCarthy is going to be the head coach next year. The the big issue for Dallas, and, and barring that one of your starters got hurt and went out uh, at corner and Anthony Brown. But he was getting torched anyways. Yeah, well, he was getting torched the game. Yes, he was. And, <clears throat> and they continue to torch that side of the ball. You know, and that, and that side because they had to put a rookie in, and Deron Bland, and he didn't, you know. I blew right past him too, but the deal is, y'all, your secondary is okay. What's bad right now is your run game. Green yeah. Bay came out running it, and, and huh. they Just were running. Yes, Dallas has to fix that their linebacker position for one, and you have to p- 
They uh, went from a great defense to a good defense. Yeah. Um, they got downgraded. Yeah, be- their run game. It's their run game. You, you, I don't understand it. You, you have you had to fix your middle. Everything in the middle of the Cowboys it's is soft. It's soft, and and that's bad for that's bad for your team. Yeah. Because you have great pass rushers, you have great corners, great safeties, but your middle soft, and, and so that's everybody hurts you against the rematch with New York. Yeah. Because the Giants can run the football very well. Exactly. <clears throat> you have to finish. You have to figure out what you want to do. I legit don't think that Odigizua and uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his, uh, what's it? Gallimore. Gallimore can be your run stopper, but I don't. And or and Carlos Watkins, Odigizua and Carlos Watkins. I don't think that's your your run stoppers. But you have to get you have to get better, bigger, and stronger, and then bringing in Hankins helped. I mean, it's helped, but he can't be the only one. No, you know. So here's the Cowboys' upcoming schedule. They play the Vikings next week. That should... That's a possible loss there. You play the Giants, possible loss there if you can't stop the run. You play the Colts, and I'll get to them in a minute. Play the Texans, my gosh, if you can't win that game. (laughs) You've got the Jaguars, you should win that game. But then you've got the Eagles. You're probably going to lose that one again. You've got the Titans. Probably going to lose that if you can't stop the run because they're going to run Derrick Henry right at you all night long. And then you've got the Commanders. So you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. You could go four and four to end the season, which would put you. Let's see. If what is their current record? Six and three. Six and That'll three. That'll put you at t- ten and seven. Ten and seven. You're not going to win the division at ten and seven. You won't make the playoffs. You're out. Yeah, I don't think that you get a wild card game. Yeah. <clears throat> but the, okay, it, if the Cowboys finish ten and seven, does Mike McCarthy? I, I don't think Mike McCarthy keeps his job. I think it's playoffs or he's gone. But you set him up for that. I mean, uh, well, that's but that case, was Jerry's plan all along. Jerry doesn't want Mike anymore. Like he he looked at that and he said that worked for a little bit. It's not going to work long term. And here here's another indicator to me. Mike McCarthy keeps saying I'm okay with the receivers we have, and you have both Joneses, Stephen and Jerry, going out there saying we are actively pursuing Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, that doesn't sound like an organization. That is in concert with each other. Like that sounds like an organization typical of Jerry Jones. Yeah. That the front office wants one thing, the coach wants another, and Jerry's not going to give in. Yeah. But Jerry did this. Jerry tied Mike McCarthy up at the quarterback position because he decided I'm going to pay Dak. And the minute he did that, he backed. McCarthy into a corner as far as their offensive philosophy because Dak is limited. Dak's not even playing healthy. Dak can't throw the football. His thumb's messed up. He doesn't move as well as he once did. Dak is not the cornerback that they drafted. Not ever going to be. Well, okay, you you look at it like this, too. Whatever plays they have drawn up for him, because you've seen they didn't run the ball. No. Barely, hardly any. 
Which, why in the world do you get away from the run game? Jimmy Against John- Green Bay, if that. Jimmy Johnson was on national TV leading up to the game, and he said, this is just like the 90s Cowboys because they run the football and they play good defense. And then the first thing you do is, well, if Jimmy says that, let's not run. <laughs> what? I, and, but I told you, it's just it's like ridiculous. Kellen Moore, he does exactly opposite of what people, the, not just us as fans or analysts, but I'm talking the top analysts, Football coach, head football coaches, Hall of Fame football coaches, that say you run, run the football. football. You know, I'm going to pass. <laughs> no, but well, he hadn't seen all my tricks. Yeah, what tricks? You don't have any tricks. And the thing is, you look at Dak's career. When was Dak most successful? When he could run around. When he was outside of the pocket. Yep. And when they were running the football that opened up those lanes. Exactly. For him to scramble. They, I don't know what the heck Kellen Moore has. It's got him doing. But obviously, if that's the case, that's not the quarterback that Mike McCarthy wants. Because that's not what Mike McCarthy's offense looks like. But what is Sean Payton? Okay, let's say Sean Payton gets the job. Sean Payton looks like a, Dak wouldn't be there. Exactly. So at what point, okay, is it that Jerry just won't listen to Mike, but he would listen to Sean Payton? That, I get the feeling that if Sean Payton was the head football coach and he walked in and said, Jerry, we're going to trade Dak. Jerry would go, okay, we're going to do that. Mike may have been telling you that for three seasons now. Yeah. He's not going to do it for Mike McCarthy, but I think he would do it for Sean Payton, and here's why. He has had a love affair with Sean Payton ever since Sean Payton left. That was his guy. That was who he wanted. Didn't work out. Sean Payton takes the Saints job, moves on with his career. He tries to trade for Sean Payton. Anthony Davis screws all that up. So, you know, then Jerry's still stuck. Whatever. But that's the guy. So you get this feeling. There's a sense to me in this situation where if Sean Payton were to say, I want to be the head football coach of the Dallas Cowboys, that things would get back in order because that might be the first time in Jerry's career where he lets the football coach dictate what's going to happen, dictate the roster. Right. You get the feeling. Now, if that were to happen and you get rid of Dak Prescott. That doesn't change the fact that the strength, no matter who the quarterback is, is going to be in the run game. Yeah. But what it could do is get you a quarterback then that, if need be, could dink and dunk and take some shots down the yeah. field in a playoff game. Well, Dak can do that. But this is what I've been saying for the longest, is that you don't – they're trying Dak, to shape him yeah. into something that he's not. But Dak couldn't do that now. Dak's thumb's not healthy enough for him to do that. Not consistent. If you're asking him to throw the ball 30 or 40 times a game, that's too much. I, I just don't get it. I, I mean, I, with, with the flat path of his footballs yesterday, that's bad. Yeah. I don't I don't get anything with what Kellen Moore is doing. Now, it, 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 I texted you yesterday with something interesting that he did. Yes, out of he ran out of a, a Wildcat formation. Ran the wing see, T Buck sweep. With, well, they say it looked like yeah, yeah, same, yeah. same format, you know, look. And okay, that's something you've never seen in NFL football. Well, other than when Mike when Mike McCarthy did Mike McCarthy did it, yeah. But you have to really take into consideration, you know, Dak. He's a good quarterback, but for what they're wanting him to do, he can't do it. It's not say he's just bad at it. It's just not the type of quarterback that he is. I don't know. No, okay, At this point, nobody... This. But this is the thing. 
at this point, nobody knows what Kellen Moore offense looks like. Nobody know what the offensive identity Kellen is. Kellen Moore doesn't know. Like, it changes from week to week. He has no idea. He doesn't have an end game. He doesn't have a long-term goal. Like, it, I mean, really, you get the sense with him that he watches film guys, okay, well, this week we're going to go with this type of match. It sort, sort of kind of looks starting to look like that him and Mike McCarthy isn't a good match. No. They're not because the same path. McCarthy wants to call the plays. You yeah. can tell. McCarthy has his identity. He knows. He's been doing it for years. But he was told to retain Kellen Moore. He did. Kellen Moore doesn't go to USC. Remember, Kellen Moore got mentioned for the USC job. For whatever reason. I mean, this is... Okay, here's how fast the sports calendar moves. There was a point where Kellen Moore was the number one candidate for the USC football job. And now he's on the verge of not even being a coordinator in the NFL. And Lincoln Riley's probably going to make the college football playoffs. (laughs) Not in Oklahoma. It was a smart move. But I mean... But think about that. This is how sports moves. If I would have told you 12 months ago, Kellen Moore will probably lose his job as the offensive coordinator of the Cowboys. Uh, uh, Lincoln Riley will leave Oklahoma and be at USC. Oklahoma will be not even in the Big 12 championship game. USC will be going to the college football playoffs and the Cowboys will not win their division. Would you have believed me? I would have believed two out of those, the many that you said, however many you said. I would have believed that Kelly Moore would not have been the offensive coordinator, and I would have believed that uh, USC or uh, that Lincoln Riley would, you know, leave. Oklahoma. A year ago, you yeah. would have guessed that. So, in the middle of last season, you would have guessed. That Lincoln Riley was leaving. No, it was the other one. That what was? What else did you say? Okay, so if I would have told you a year ago from today, so last football season, yes, Kellen Moore. Okay, Kellen Moore is out. Kellen Moore is out. I believe that. Okay, that Lincoln Riley would be at USC in the playoffs, or and that Oklahoma would be a multi-loss team out of the playoffs. Mm-mm. What all of that would you have believed? Kellen Moore was been out. That's the only one. I wouldn't have I, I wouldn't have believed that Lincoln Riley would leave. I wouldn't have believed that Oklahoma would have been a, as a bad as team as they are this year. And I wouldn't have believed that Lincoln Riley would be But less than a year ago. All those are what happened. Yeah. Because Kellen Moore, Moore could have gone to USC. I think Riley probably would have stayed. At Oklahoma. <laughs> All boring these moves. This see I don't think Kellen Moore would have did as good at USC if uh, if if he would have went. Uh, I, I don't see that. But then again I say I say this that Kellen Moore's offensive mind is more of a college offensive mind than it is an NFL. Yeah. Because he has... You know, so is Jason Garrett. Yeah. That's the problem. Is that Kellen Moore is a Jason Garrett disciple. And not a Mike McCarthy. Yeah. He's not even coaching. And, and not by his choice. But this is why I say Mike McCarthy, him and Mike McCarthy, they do not mesh. 
Because he's running something totally different than what Mike McCarthy wants to but run. But it goes back to what I said at the beginning of the year. If you don't want Mike McCarthy, then fire him. Yeah. Like, but, let but, him go. Okay. Trade for Sean Payton. But, but, okay, well, look at this. Look at this. Every player that's on that team, and now I'm kind of starting to see why Mike McCarthy's saying he's comfortable with what he has. Because this, this look, remember when Mike McCarthy played and, I mean, coached in uh, Green Bay? Mm-hmm. He didn't have the top receivers. He had Devontae Adams, but that True. was a young Devontae Adams. And Aaron Rodgers, a pocket quarterback. You had some good tight ends, which what Dallas have right now. You had your two receivers, Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. Mm-hmm. And then you had your running back and Eric, uh, Eddie Lacy, yeah. uh, Grant, uh, and then uh, you had your fullback. Yeah, you, you're a very well-rounded football team on offense. But it was nothing pretty about their offense. They got it done. But you had a Hall of Famer quarterback. That was the difference. But you see what I'm saying now. You look at what Kellen's trying to do. Kellen wants to be flashy, which is why they want Odell Beckham. True. Well, that's why Jerry wants Well, yeah, Jerry he wants to get more looks on the field. Now, it looks good. It sounds good. But it's like I said before. If you don't, if you get these top receivers and you don't have a quarterback to throw to them, it's it going to be pointless. That, that's why I would love to see Odell. I think Odell could, could open up the offense if you had the quarterback. But as it stands right now, Odell Beckham is not the difference between 10 and 7 and let's say uh, 14 and six or whatever you know yeah he's not the he's not the difference no and and, or 14 and three i mean yeah but the thing is you have you have what you need right now but i don't think that kellen moore is running the offense that mike mccarthy desires because kellen moore wants to run this upbeat fast style offense wide open wide open Throw it out there, air it out every every he, other. He thinks he's Art Browns. Like yeah, he's trying just, to run an Art Browns kind of offense. Yeah, and it's not working. That is not that quarterback. The guy, and I go back to this every single time. The guy had fifteen hundred plus rushing yards coming out of college. What makes you think that that man is a is a pocket quarterback? No, he is the quarterback that gets out in space. That could either he has the option to run or throw it. That's yeah. who Dak Prescott is as a quarterback. I'm gonna make a prediction right now. The Cowboys miss the playoffs and they do wind up like ten and seven. Mike McCarthy's gone. Kellen Moore is gone. Sean Payton is the head coach of the Cowboys and Lamar Jackson's the starting quarterback next year. But what would you get different out of Lamar Jackson that you get, that you didn't get from Dak? Because Lamar Jackson can still run. But and Mike McCarthy, does, I mean, not my, my Sean Payton doesn't want that type of quarterback. He didn't Taysom Hill. He loved it. He loved Taysom Hill. Yeah, but Taysom Hill couldn't throw you. Okay, but you okay, had. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. You've got the stable of running backs. Or, or, here's another possibility. I, I think there's two quarterbacks that Dallas could wind up with that are top end quarterbacks. Well, I say top end. I mean, bigger names. Lamar Jackson, if if that's the style of offense that Sean Payton wants to run, and if he wants a pocket quarterback, I still say that Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay and comes to Dallas. If that happens, then you get Odell Beckham Jr. and now you got now, now the offense is cooking. Now, now you're cooking. But okay, now that's a that's a great scenario. But also, would you venture to move Dan Quinn into that interim coach, head coach? No. 
Do here's what? why. Here's why I don't think Dan Quinn should be a head coach. He is a great defensive coordinator. He is not a head coach. Okay. Okay. Well, that's 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 a fair fair. I, I don't think. Now that I'm you not saying that's something I would want to see, but I'm saying, does do you think Jerry would do that? Because we know Jerry. Jerry is he's notorious for doing that with when it comes okay. to finding new head coaches. But if he's gonna do that, then keep Mike McCarthy. You see what I'm saying? Like unless you're getting Sean Payton, you keep Mike McCarthy. Unless you're just mad at him. The only guy right now whose job seems stable is Dan Quinn. Right, and and the only reason I believe that that's the case. Well, that's that's is you had to tell him something that made him turn down the Broncos job. Yeah. And, and on top of that, this is where it gets very, very testy. You've heard some Cowboy players, Cowboys players saying, some very known ones, key ones, saying they don't, they're tired of wasting their career. Yeah. I.e. Zach Martin, Tyron Smith. Mm-hmm. By Ezekiel now. Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. By now. You should have at least two Super Bowls. Yeah, you're gonna waste Michael Gallup's career. Yeah, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb. You you shot Michael yourself. Parsons. You wasted the time you had with Amari Cooper. Yeah, Michael Parsons, uh, Leighton Vanderish. You you are wasting these guys' careers because you felt you can't figure out what you want to do in the front office as a coach. And so these players are all over the place. You have Super Bowl caliber players, but you ain't won no Super Bowls. Yeah. Hadn't even come close. No. You should have won at 14, which that was Mike McCarthy's fault. <laughs> uh, with Then you had Tyron uh, and, and Zach Martin and some other guys. Des Bryant and Tony Romo, you wasted yeah. their careers. Uh, Cole Beasley wasted their careers. You, you wasted the early career of Dak and Zeke. Yeah, early. 2016, you should have won it. Yep. You should have won it last year. Had, so, a, had a legitimate. So chance. if you really look at it, Dallas should really have three or four, three or four Super Bowls. Easy, yeah. Hand it to them. Yeah. And they just wasted it away. Lack of coaching and lack of play calling. Yeah, the the, the years That's, with with Jason Garrett, it was definitely yeah. a coaching issue. Last year's. Playoff game was a coaching coach. issue. It's always, but that's what I'm saying. It never comes down to the players with Dallas. It comes down to the coaching. Yeah. I, that's why I don't. Jerry Jones is is he's one of those guys where, other than rather than fixing what's broken, he patches it. Right. He puts a band aid. Mike McCarthy was a band aid hire. Yeah. Now you look at the other guys he tried to get. It probably worked out because he was either going to hire Urban Meyer, Lincoln Riley. Now, or... if you hired Lincoln Riley, I think that would have been a different direction. Well, you got to get a different quarterback. He wouldn't have coached Dak. He would have wanted. He probably would have gone after Trevor Lawrence, like in some capacity. I mean, you probably wouldn't have lost enough to get Trevor Lawrence, but you might would have traded for him or something. Like I could see him wanting a guy like that. Actually, by the time when that happened. What, what what year was that? That was two. That years was the ago. year before Urban Meyer got the Jacksonville job. He gets Kyler Murray. Oh, that's right. He gets yeah, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray would be in Dallas. That's right. Because that would have been yeah. his year. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was the year. Yeah. Yeah. 
Kyler Murray would be in Dallas. That's who that would be his quarterback. So this is it. Just this, and I'm hoping you all you you all get this in the way that strings are tugged in the National Football and college world. It's almost all the same regarding what happens. You know who who goes where and who does what. Because if Lincoln Riley gets that job in Dallas, it's the head coach job in Dallas, Kyler Murray no longer goes. Uh, he probably doesn't even consider the major leagues. Uh, he's not with the Cardinals. He goes to Dallas. They get C.D. Lamb that next year. Mm-hmm. Dak probably gets traded off to wherever if he if the team picks him up. Yeah. Um, Amari Cooper stays. Amari Cooper stays. Uh, Michael Gallup stays. You and Zeke is still there and probably healthy because you don't have to run him into the ground as much. You um, just traded Zeke though. Huh? You meant Pollard's traded. You traded no, said, Zeke. No, I said Dak. Oh, Dak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Pollard is there, but Pollard is used I in a you different. Said Zeke, you said Dak. That's right. Uh, Pollard is used in a slot rather than a running back position, yeah. which is what he was drafted for. More of a Debo Samuel. Type. Yes. Your offense runs on a more upbeat. Then you're able to run your offense on a more upbeat tempo because yeah. you have an upbeat quarterback. But that doesn't happen, and you get Mike McCarthy, and Dak isn't the type of quarterback that Mike McCarthy wants. He not, wants an Aaron Rodgers. He wants an Aaron Rodgers. He. I'm not saying he wants Aaron Rodgers. Could happen, but he wants an Aaron Rodgers type quarterback. And that that's where. But that's that's just the what if game that I mean if if this guy gets hired then this happens if that guy gets hired yeah. this ha- I mean th- that's where that's how close these rails are man. But Cliff Kingsbury doesn't get the Arizona job exactly because the only reason they hired him was because they knew he would go get Kyler Murray. <laughs> but that's okay. So if that's the case, if Mike McCarthy is looking to get back, that's where Mike McCarthy lands. Yeah, probably. I don't see anybody else. They're not. I mean, Urban Meyer's already in Jacksonville. That's yeah. where Mike McCarthy lands. If they don't hire Urban Meyer, then Urban Meyer probably goes to. But th- it's, it's it's a lot of moving sick. pieces. The, the what ifs are crazy. To yeah. Me. But the bottom line is, Dallas should have three to four Super Bowls. Yeah. With given the players that they've had, they should have three to four three to four Super Bowls. See. Next question. Are the Bills contenders or pretenders? I've got them as pretenders. They're not who I thought they were. They're not by... They're okay. I don't think that the AFC in general is who some people thought they would be. Well, no. And I will say this, that the Vikings is a shocker team. Yeah. They were. They are the what Vikings they are deemed a silent 8-1 team yeah. now. Yeah, they're 8-1... And the thing about them, and I, I told you this earlier, the, the thing about the Vikings, it's not that Minnesota is a dominating football team. It's that Minnesota stays in the game to where if you make a mistake, we're going to capitalize and we're going to win the game, like yeah. the game. And that's where they kill you. And that's where they killed the Bills. And and twice. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and it was some bad calls made on the side, on Bills' side. You know, who the heck dives out of the end zone? With a six-five quarterback having to get way down there under the center and fumbles it right on the goal line. Yeah, I mean that's a bad play call. Terrible. 
at best, you take the safety and rely on your your defense to to stop them. That that's what I would have done. Yeah, because then they have one timeout. Right. They have to air it down. They can't. They can't. Dink in the. Don't, no, they, they have can't to run throw the ball. It. And it was yeah. it was it was what fifty some seconds. By that time, they do that. Even if they use the uh, their timeout, the game's over. You won. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 25, 27-25, that's the game. It wasn't pretty, but you won. Yeah. But no, I mean, you take the safety or else you do a play action or a screen pass out of the end zone to get you out and then you can kneel it. Yeah. That's all you had to do. But diving for it out of the end zone, you still would have been in the end zone for the way he was diving. <laughs> you still would have been in the end zone. But I, it was a bad loss. But the Vikings, they are, they are a surprise team. Uh, for the NFC, because I did not have them picked as a top NFC team. I had the Eagles, the the Giants, and, and the, Cowboys. The, the Cowboys, the NFC East. I did not have now, the now Vikings. Now I've got the Eagles, the Vikings, and the Giants. Yeah, I don't. I don't see Dallas. I, I don't see Dallas playing the playoffs. No, because if they can't, can and their their big their big their big issue is. On defense, as we've already said, is the stopping the run. Yeah. You're about to play teams who are able to run. And, and right very well. Yes. And um, then on top of that, you can't get your offense going. You know, you're barely scoring 30 points a game, uh, averaging that. So, I mean, you have to ask these questions, these hard questions about who you want at quarterback. And... What are you going to do about your head coach and yeah. your offensive coordinator? But the Vikings, I, yeah, though, though I, I agree with you. Eagles, uh, Vikings, and the Giants. Uh, those are your. I, I take the Eagles and the Vikings at the NFC Championship. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and I think Vikings can keep it close, but the Eagles are a more athletic football team. Yeah, yeah. Because what is the e- let me look at the Eagles schedule? Because we just saw the Cowboys. Yeah. We saw that disaster. Let's see Philadelphia now. They have the Commanders uh, today, Monday Night Football. Okay. Gosh, how did okay? How does Washington get a flex out of that game? Like, you have some flexes, like you can flex the schedule there, do that. You've got the Colts next week. You've got the Packers, the Titans, the Giants, the Bears, the Cowboys, the Saints, and the Giants again. And the they're going to win out. They're going to win out. I don't so, see anybody. If, if, so they're going to have an undefeated season. They're going to win out. I don't, because they could. They're going to, unless. Which probably won't happen. The commander surprised them tonight. Or the Giants. Now the, the Giants, Giants. The Giants may be the hiccup. No, I, and this is why I say because I, Eagles I'm, I'm defense. I'm not saying that they're better. I'm just saying that the, I, I would I would highly. <clears throat> no, they the Giants won't be a hiccup because the, the Eagles defense is good enough to stop Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Uh, the Eagles' offense is good enough to over yeah, to the Eagles are gonna score. They're gonna run over the the Giants. The thing with the Giants is that their defense is it's porous. Yeah, porous, porous. They have they figured it out on offense, and that's why they're winning. Yeah, but they give up a lot of points. Yeah, 
But Eagles, are, they're going to win out, man. They are going to win out. So, you've got the Vikings and the Eagles on the NFC. I'm saying that the Bills are pretenders, so I've got Kansas City winning the NFC. Who else is up there? That's it. That's a bad AFC. I mean, I still bad. say it could be. I still say it can be them, them and the, the Bills in the AFC. Well, that's gonna be your top two, but I'm saying because I mean you've got the Dolphins. They're down. Well, yeah, but they're gonna win their division. They're gonna win the AFC East, possibly unless the Jets do. Okay. Oh, the Jets. That's another so, one. So you, I mean, the Bills may not even make the playoffs. Because now they're down tied for second. Because you've got Miami won yesterday, so they're leading that division. You've got the Jets and the Bills tied for second, and then you've got the Patriots down there in last place at 5-4. and four. Okay. Then you look over at the West, which is the Chiefs in first at 7-2. and two. They're going to win it. You've got the Chargers at 5-4. and four. You've got the Broncos, let's ride, at 3-6. and six. And the lowly Raiders at two and seven. What a bad decision to That's fire John Gruden. Yeah. Then you've got Baltimore uh, in the lead in their division at six and three. You've got Cincinnati at five and four. You've got the Browns at three and six. Steelers at three and six. Then you've got the Titans leading their division at six and three. Indianapolis at four and five. Jaguars at three and seven, and then the lowly Texans at one and seven. Oh, the AFC is ugly. Okay, so what's the Jets' record? Uh, six and three. Okay. If Bills ain't careful, it's going to end up being the Jets in Kansas City. Or Miami in Kansas oh, yeah. City. Or Baltimore in Kansas I mean, like, that's it's a, a lot of six and three. Yeah. yeah. The, the rest of the teams are toss-ups, in my opinion. I could see anybody winning those. Heck, I, at first, I thought it was like clearly the Bills, but yeah. after seeing the Bills the past two weeks, I, I could see any of those teams. They well, the they've gotten into the meat of their of, of their uh, schedule. Schedule, and now it's like everybody you, thought the statement win against the Rams to start the year was like, oh, this is yeah, the and year, then but they the turn Rams and, are bad. Yeah, and they turn around and beat the the Kansas City and quote unquote yeah. the rematch game. And so people, okay, now this they they they're for real. Yeah, and of course you would because now you beat two of the top contenders and they one in the NFC and the other in the AFC. Yeah, um, and one of the teams being the defending Super Bowl champs. But you you're right, the Rams are horrible this year. They're they're bad. That's a bad, and and they're gonna have to hit the reset button real quick. Yeah, Matt Stafford can't stay. He needs to retire. Yeah. Uh, you don't have Odell Beckham. He's not coming back. Aaron Donald had already talked about retiring, possibly anyway. Sean McVay had talked about taking an analyst job. Like, yeah, yeah, they're probably going to have to hit that reset. Yeah, you won your title. Now move on. Yeah, you're not running it back. Sorry. No, no. But you know, it's just like I said before the show. You have those teams who have those exciting seasons, and that's that's it. it. You know, the Eagles are back in it. You know, they're having an exciting season. They could win the Super Bowl. They could. Yeah. They're athletic enough to do it. Yeah. I, I don't see... have got enough offensive weapons. That's what helps it. they got several offensive weapons. Yeah. And you still have Jalen Hurts, who's a very good quarterback. Yeah. But I, The only reason I see them losing, because 
we obviously we, okay. We got Kansas, Kansas City being the AFC champs, Super Bowl. Yeah. The only the only way I see that them losing in the Super Bowl is that Kansas City has now become this this slow offense, toss it, short yards, get the first down. Yeah, they don't early. have a home run threat anymore. No, that's not that's how you beat the Eagles. You slow it down because Eagles are now they're upbeat. Yeah. You slow down the game, and that's how Tampa Bay beat. Kansas City and Super Bowl. You slow down. You make them slow yeah, but down. Yeah, but that Tampa Bay defense that year was very, very good. Kansas City doesn't have that kind of a defense. They're okay. Yeah, but if you slow down the game. Yeah, you, you get ball control. But yeah. I'm saying it's kind of hard to compare them to that Tampa Bay team. Because that Tampa Bay defense was. Okay, well, yeah, you got a point. That was a great but, defense. Which, by the way, Todd Bowles needs to go back to being a defensive coordinator. He is not a head coach. He's not. It's Tom Brady's He career. couldn't win in New York. Tom Brady's career is over. But that's who Tom Brady wanted. Tom Brady got his guy. He got mad at Bruce Arians. He got his guy. I don't know. He's, that's, that's he ain't retiring this season, I bet you. So speaking of head coaches, who shouldn't be head coaches. Jeff Saturday won yesterday. But did you see where Bill Cowher ripped that situation? No. On live television? No. So, you know, Bill Calvert is part of the pregame stuff. Yeah, yeah, studio. yeah. Okay. He tore into Indianapolis like there was no tomorrow and said that hiring Jeff Saturday is a disgrace to the coaching profession and a slap in the face to everybody who has ever coached a football game a day in their life. Now, why would he say that? Because Jeff Sardy has zero coaching experience out of outside of one six and three season at a high school or seven and three season at a high school. Who else did they want to get the job? I mean, who else? You had the defensive coordinator. You had the offensive coordinator. You had anybody that was a coordinator that could have gotten that job, and you hired a guy who's not coached at any level above one high school. Foot. I mean, at that. Great. I should call Jim Ursay and say, hey, give me a job. Now, I understand. Ursay's like, well, he was a center for Peyton Manning. And, and then, that you know, Jeff Sardy got all indignant at the press conference when somebody... I mean, did you see his pre- opening press conference? So they asked him about, you know, you have no coaching experience. And he goes off on the reporter. Hey, bro, I, 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 pl- I know what greatness looks like. I've, I've been in a locker room. I've done... Okay. That doesn't make you a good coach. We don't even know if you can coach at all. And everybody, oh, well, he won his first game. But you watch him, he do, he looks like he doesn't know what he's doing out there. I, why? Why not just give it to a coordinator to finish out the year and then go get your real head coach? Because here's the problem now. If Jeff Sardy wins enough games, you got to give him the job. And... You're probably going to be found in violation of the Rooney Rule because they didn't interview. And the way they got around it though was that it was an interim. But if it becomes open, they've got to interview. But if they're fake interviews, which is the whole reason that uh, Brian Flores sued the NFL, <laughs> so we couldn't be back in that boat. How about Brian Flores goes and interviews for that job? Now you got to give him that job. <laughs> but uh, okay. That, that's the other thing. You've got guys like Brian Flores out there. Why would you not... Consider... Make a phone call. 
do you want to be a head football coach in the NFL again? I, I mean, I, it's just, at that rate, heck, Herm Edwards has coached in more competitive games <laughs> lately than Jeff Saturday. Call him up. Even though he got fired on the field. <laughs> yeah, which, that was a bad deal. They shouldn't have did that to that man. You don't do that to Herm, man. You play to win the game. <laughs> but, but, I mean... I mean, I at this rate, know, call man. Jimmy Johnson. Call Bill Cowher. Call Bill Parcells. I mean, call somebody that has some experience. What are you doing? But this is the... Okay, this is where the NFL's headed. Is that now we're seeing more and more people... They are caught up in the headlines and the glamour and I'm the show. you, everything is, is a popularity show in sports is, right now. It is becoming more about the ratings and who can we get than it is about who will win football games. Because nobody knows who the offensive coordinators are, but everybody knows who Jeff Saturday is. Yeah. <laughs> Screw the coordinator. Yeah. All the hard work they put in, but Jeff Saturday. Okay, how do you how do you justify that and then Urban Meyer only gets less than a season? Now I, I get all the off the field stuff with Urban Meyer, but look past that. The guy's still a good football coach. I get that that... Okay, well, hey, that's a good question because I almost said because he didn't have any experience in it if he's a college coach. But then again, Jeff Saturday (laughs) doesn't either. He's just... uh, It it bars from team to team. But, uh, okay, you've hired him. What about Jim Harbaugh? Who who has openly said, I would like another chance to win the Super Bowl. Now, I think he's probably not going to do that because he didn't get the, the Chicago thing didn't work out or whatever. He didn't think that was a good fit. Yeah. And I'm not saying he would go to Indianapolis because who's your quarterback? Which, by the way, they're still stuck with Sam Ellinger. But, uh, you know, still have a quarterback. And how does Nick Foles, here's what I understand. How is Nick Foles not getting any plays? Nick Foles is still in the NFL? Yeah. For who? The Colts. He's like the third string quarterback. And Indiana. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And he's the third, third string <laughs> playing behind Sam Ellinger. That you know what that shows you? <laughs> they really don't like Nick Foles. No, that Super Bowl season was a well, fluke. That, well that, <laughs> that that too. That was a but fluke. they really don't like Nick Foles. But they came out before they hired Jeff Saturday and said, Okay, Sam Ellinger is still gonna be the starter. Before they ever gave Saturday the they keys might as well tell Nick Foles to retire and take the head coaching job. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, but that's how much of a, sh- a, a shenanigan circus. But these owners—that's what—that's what they want, man. They want the flashing glamour. They want to be able to stand beside those guys and keep smile. But here's the bad deal: if okay, l- listen to this schedule for the Colts. Because the the problem is. Well, the owners to be in so much mess as they in, they sure love the public. They sure love the cameras. I don't get it. And all of a sudden, all of this has happened, and nobody's talking about Daniel Snyder, even though his team's under federal investigation. <laughs> Again. I, yeah. It's, and they got to play tonight all, under all that scrutiny. <laughs> but, hey, everybody's focused on the fact that Jeff Sarri is the coach of the Colts. Yep. So the Colts have the Eagles. You're going to lose that game. You could beat the Steelers because Kenny Pickett, God bless him, he's got a terrible offensive line. You have the Cowboys. We would think that Dallas could win that game. 
You would assume that you're going to lose to Minnesota. You could beat the Chargers. You're probably going to lose to the Giants, and you're going to beat the Texans. So you could win one, two, uh, three more games. So that would give him four. That would give Saturday four wins out of a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Wow. So you go four and four. But I, I, uh, is what I said. These owners love public eye more than doing what's right. Yeah. Or what's necessary. I, I, I just don't understand. I, I, I don't understand the thought processes here because now you're going to put your franchise in a situation Without a true quarterback, unless you're going to lose enough games to draft, but you're not going to have the number one pick in the draft. So you got to hope that maybe Henry Hooker uh, falls down because I don't see Bryce Young going that low. I think he's probably, well, unless the Texans really are sold on Davis Mills and don't draft Bryce Young. But then, I mean, you have L.A. competing for a quarterback you assume that they're going to want to draft too. So you're putting your team in a position to not have a quarterback. You're not going to get any free agents to come play for a guy who's got zero real authority, zero real experience in running a football team. He's not a true leader. I mean, he can give all the raw-raw speeches he wants. You don't have a running game. You have a great defense. The coordinators at this point are probably going to get mad and take out their jobs. I mean, the minute that they can, you pass them over, didn't even give them any consideration. So then who's on Jeff Saturday's staff? Who does he hire? Does do The the big question that I would have for, for Jim Irsay is, okay, if you stick with him, what does the staff look like around him? Because will he be able to recruit quality assistant coaches. He's not in my opinion going to be able to recruit a head coach who got fired but is a good coordinator. You, you know, you're not going to have a, a Dan Quinn. You're not going to have somebody of that caliber who's been a head coach at other places now want to go be a coordinator for a guy who is an unproven head coach. Considering that people like that are going to look and say, well, you know, I'm really more qualified. I should have gotten the head coach interview, it's going to be seen as an insult. So I just don't understand if you are uh, Jim Irsay, what did you get out of this hire? It just makes zero sense to me. You didn't gain anything other than maybe winning over the popularity vote with your fans because they love Jeff Saturday and being able to hang on to the last little thread or connection that you had to you know, the Peyton Manning era. But outside of that, you gained nothing, and I mean nothing, by hiring this man to be your head football coach. The move just doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't know, but that, that'll be something worth watching. I think the best case scenario is that he can't win at all, <laughs> and then you have to fire him. Uh, so, so here's my big question to kind of wrap up this NFL discussion. Where to from here in the NFL? In your opinion. I don't see anything changing as far as 
teams starting to make smarter decisions about their contracts, about who they hire. Um, Lamar Jackson's going to be a free... Okay, here's what we forget, too, about yeah, contracts. I, you're going to have Lamar Jackson on the free agent market. You're going to have Jimmy G. You're going to have Baker Mayfield. You're going to have some cats. Yeah. Well, I say cat. I mean, you're going to have some big names. Yeah. Uh, I, but I don't see them getting any better. As far as what's, what's going to happen now, football isn't... And it's just like you said earlier. Football, you don't have that many good prospects in coming out of college other than Bryce Young and Henry Hooker. Those are two quarter, two quarterbacks. You don't other have than any franchise-changing players no, in the draft. Other than that, man, that's... Football is going to continue to be... These franchises are going to be down. Uh, Cowboys could be that up-down team, continue to be, unless they get a new quarterback. Or head coach or office coordinator, whichever one or all three. Um, I don't see anything changing. You know, I don't see the rules changing. I don't see NFL owners getting better on how they manage their contracts and how they how they sign players or coaches. I just, I mean, it's a mess. It's a mess. There's no good football. I mean, like tonight, the Monday night football game. You have the, the Eagles and the command. The command. You For have the number one televised standalone yes. game. You have a number one team in the NFC and the last place team in the NFC on a standalone Monday night game. That's terrible. Yes, that's that's horrible. So the decisions being made in the National Football League right now are not good decisions as far as how you're broadcasting games, how you're doing business, how the owners are doing business behind the scenes. Uh, legal issues. It's, it's it's a mess, and 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 until that all gets cleaned up, the NFL is going to continue to fall, because you know we 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 talked about the rules and how they've changed and how long that you know it be until it you know completely goes bad. I say under five years. We we talk about that, and this is and it's becoming a reality now. We thought it was just the rules, but now we're looking at man, we got legal issues all over the place. Teams just aren't good. And I'm still waiting. Talking about legal end of issues. errors. Talking about legal issues. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop in this Deshaun Watson situation. Because I have a feeling that the minute that it comes down to him getting to play, I think that's when. It's going to be put a halt. It's like, hold on. I think that becomes a forefront issue again. I could see that. I just get the feeling that at some point, that that latest allegation is going to resurface. Yeah, because it's going quiet. It's yeah, quiet. The, the NFL was able to kind of, well, you know, right now we're going to stick to the plan, but we'll watch this investigation. Whew. But that's what I'm saying. It's just a mess. It's a mess. I I don't know what else to say about the NFL. I mean, like I said, bad team, good teams. I think the off the field football. stories will be more interesting than some of the on the field. They are. They I mean, by really, far are. They're they're easier topics. Yeah. To debate, talk about. Because when it's bad, when teams are bad, and you and and, and teams that are five and something that are leaving leading the division. But I think that will deter college coaches from wanting NFL jobs. I hope so. It ain't because I'm looking at it right now and it's not worth it. You might well, as well. Those just... aren't better jobs. Like no. right now, coaching 
Tampa Bay is not a better job for Jim Harbaugh than coaching Michigan. It's not. No. It's not a better job for Ryan Day than coaching Ohio State. Um, Kirby Smart. I mean, like, you look to the top-end coaches. The, the, there's the not Auburn an job, NFL job. The Auburn job is better than An Tampa NFL Bay. job. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> That's how bad. That's how, that's how far the NFL has sunk. Is that that's not even that is no longer a top end. No, and I think Irvin Myers going and him getting fired kind of peeked into that and said the reality of it. Said, yeah, that you didn't even give him a season. Yeah, because here's the the other side of that. All of these college coaches, for the or okay, the majority of these college coaches have things off the field that get. Swept under the rug because these colleges just want you to win games. Right. Forget the publicity. We just want you to win. The problem is that now that the NFL owners have decided it's all about the publicity because Roger Goodell has decided I would rather just, you know, be politically correct, you you would see more of these coaches not get that longer leash because of the, the off-the-field issues, such as Urban Meyer had, and they would lose their jobs. Whereas if they stay where they're at, Nobody cares. Just yeah. win, go, go win football games. And I think that's the bigger issue right now with where we're at you know, in the NFL. Another league that's in as much trouble, in my opinion, as the NFL is the NBA. Because you don't have any great basketball teams. Nope. The Lakers Warriors. beat Brooklyn, but Brooklyn's a mess. Uh, Golden State's 5-8. and eight. And you have the Mavericks. You know, Luka Doncic is putting on a show. I love talking about him on the show. Just say his name, Luca. <laughs> it's a cool name. What's your name, Luca? Luca. Okay, so all right, so top teams right now are the Milwaukee, Milwaukee, the Greek West. Freak. Yeah. Who's it? Who is it in the East? Okay, I'm gonna get the Eastern Conference standings. You've got the Bucks, or your number one team at ten and two. You've got Boston. Boston's a very good. Now, that's, okay, that's another situation. How bad does the MAU Doka have to be, situation have to be for them to be 10-3 and three and them to go, we're not going to let a, our championship caliber coach lead this basketball team? I still get the sense that there is more to that story than what was let out. The other thing is I go back to when Brooklyn was going to bring him in and they weren't going to charge Brooklyn a red cent. Brooklyn says no. Thanks. And then Brooklyn says, yeah, no, I'm not going to hire that guy. Probably so. I don't, okay, so Barnett, I don't think it would have been as serious if there wasn't something else. I mean, because an affair, how many coaches do you think had affairs? Oh, the majority. You're on the road all the time. It happens a lot. And so that's what I'm saying. So in order for that to be that serious and make national headlines, there had to be something else but that was the one that was put out so then you have atlanta and third at eight and five the hawks got the cavaliers at eight and five you got the wizards the wizards (laughs) washington wizards that haven't been relevant since they signed michael jordan for the last year of his career it's true they're in fifth place right now in the east at eight and six with cal kuzma Okay, then you've got the 76ers in that mess. Seven and seven. You've got the Pacers at six and six. You've got the Raptors at seven and seven. 
and then everybody else. The Nets down there in 12th place at 6-8. and eight. I mean, how bad? Then, you go over there to the Western Conference. You've got the Trailblazers in first, tied with the Nuggets at 9-4. and four. Got the Suns at 8-4. and four. You've got the Jazz uh, at 10-5. and five. Um, You've got the Grizzlies at 9-5. and five. You've got the Mavs at 7-5. and five. You've got the Pelicans at 7-6. and six. The Clippers at 7-6. and six. The Sacramento Kings at 6-6. Six and six. I mean, that's, that's where we're at, though, with these professional sports. You've got a lot of mediocre teams outside of Milwaukee. Milwaukee, I've seen them. They're a great basketball team. Everybody else is okay. Greek Freak is a, he's he will go down as a Hall of Fame basketball yep. player, as he should. Kobe trained him, but he hadn't won a national title. I mean, a, a championship. Yes, he has. Oh yeah, he won that one. That's right. Yeah. He's got well, one national, yeah. NBA championship. He should have won the year before, mm-hmm. and didn't. And then he did win. That's right. He's yeah. got one NBA title. Well, yeah. As he now should. you want to talk about wasting a career? Dallas better not waste Lucas. No, that could be a that, that, yeah, because the, the type of player that he is, I mean, he's up there when you talk about John ja Morant, the Greek freak, uh, who else? Steph. All the, Steph. He's getting up on Steph's yeah, level. Steph, uh, Jason Tatum, the younger cats in the game now. Yeah. And, and he's arguably the top five. Easily. easily. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to waste his career. No. You got to figure something out to move forward Put in Dallas. Put pieces around him. That, that's all you that's been do. the issue for Lucas. There's been nobody around him. But you see, that's what's been the issue. That was the issue for Milwaukee for the longest, even with the Greek Freak, because it was just him. Him, yep. And the year they won a championship, he had pieces. He had help. He has you help. have to have pieces around these guys. Yes. Even Kobe, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, they had pieces. They weren't just doing it. It, it would, it would, media's eye, it would show that they were doing it by themselves. Well, because they could take over games by themselves, but they didn't do it every night. No, nobody can do that. But that's what them hot. That's why these highlight reels would trick you and, and trip you up because it would yep. make it seem like they did, but they really didn't. <laughs> you know, even LeBron James, you know. We all know he did not do it by himself. And we see what happens to him when he has no pieces. Yes. He falls apart. Because he's not. And it's not helping him now that he's in his he's older. And he really needs pieces. But let's talk about the win that they had last night against the Nets. AD puts up 37. And I think 18 assists maybe? Yeah. I, I saw that. Why can't you be that dominant when LeBron's on the court? Because I, I think that's the issue. I think that LeBron, the problem with LeBron... He's, he's in the way. Is he's in the way. Exactly. And the other players are not going to step up because, oh, he's still LeBron James. Yeah. Like, they don't want to assert their authority. Other than Patrick Beverly, who just doesn't care. <laughs> they get to play with me. Like, okay. Patrick Beverly is like Ron Artest when he was the Lakers. <laughs> he was yeah. quiet, but he was still Ron Artest. Yeah. Yeah. Or Metal World Peace is what he changed his name to his second season. But, I mean, man, I, I just you, you if you can do that every night, AD. That's all. That's, that's all they're asking you. For, for you to be competitive, that's yeah. all you got to do. Yes, but 
But see, that's what Shaq was talking about. With, with, with AD and jo- uh, Joel Embiid, Shaq said, if you're not putting up 40 points a game, because, you know, Shaq was himself. You know, Shaq was yeah. very dominant. If you're not doing that, if you're not dominant, then you're nothing to that team, your right. team. You're not helping them. You're a big man. you got to be dominant. And so, I, I don't understand what AD... I, I, I wish for the rest of the season he plays the same way. And when LeBron gets on the court, y'all figure it out. Y'all did the first season. What's so different now? Yeah. And on the flip side, how bad is Brooklyn? Brooklyn has a whole mess. I and, think- and they thought that getting rid of Steve Nash would... It's not no, fixing anything. It's you you the, still have Durant by himself because you can't figure out what you do or don't want to do with Kyrie. Be quiet. Him. Like, if you're not going to play him, trade him. Yeah. Maybe somebody else will play him. I don't know that they will. But it's like what we said last week. Nobody else is mad about it other than the Nets. Yeah, they're the only ones. Nobody has said anything. It's not even an NBA-imposed suspension. Right. It's a team thing. Nobody else is mad about it. It's, it was a post. Was but a, I think this goes back to everybody headed out for Kyrie because he wouldn't take the shot, the vaccine. Yeah. And they didn't like that. And then now this, so it's like, oh, we're going to get him. Yeah. He's about yeah. anti-Semitic. Yeah. It's political. Yes. Let the man play basketball. Like, that's all he wants. He, well, that's what y'all so, got him there. Not that, to, for, for not to be a political figure. Exactly. You're, <laughs> you're not paying him to be a spokesperson right. for anybody. It's you're like paying that, him to play basketball. They act as if they're campaigning for something right And now. then they've got Ben Simmons. Oh, my gosh. How bad of a big man is big Ben Simmons? How big of a disappointment has he been in the NBA? That is ridiculous. Ben Simmons seems the least interested in playing basketball. He doesn't want to play. That was that well, is stop the stealing bottom line. other teams' money and say he don't want to play and go home and or find something else to do. Yeah, he doesn't want to play. He's stealing millions of dollars. Like he's taking millions of dollars from these teams, bouncing team to team, and he doesn't want to play. He, I mean, who sits out for two years? <laughs> and <laughs> nothing's then, wrong with. And him. then he's hurt. He, he hurt his back in the playoffs from sitting on the bench? Like, really? Couldn't have. Have you seen how cushioned them seats are? I know, are? but that your was back? his deal. They're, they're built to support your back. I know. But he hurt his back. Probably was doing some housework, you know, on the ladder. <laughs> Up there dusting. Yeah, some housework around the house. And, oh, oh, my back. Can't <laughs> do it. Sorry, Coach, I can't play. Back. Can't, yeah. But for two, who sits out for two years and doesn't play? Well, I mean, for two oh, years. because you can't shoot a free throw. <laughs> Shaq didn't do it. I knew he was in trouble. The second preseason game that he played, <laughs> he missed two free throws, and they booed him <laughs> in the preseason. <laughs> and I was like, you're in trouble, fella. <laughs> but he's there now, so unless they trade him, I don't know who's going to pick him up. I mean, but the Kings, maybe. Yeah, but they're in contention. They're six and six. <laughs> yeah, like, we don't want them. <laughs> We're finally doing good for ourselves. <laughs> but, I mean. Go to Charlotte. Go play for the Hornets. Michael Jordan ain't going to allow that. Yeah, but, I mean, he's cellar dweller anyway. Small market. He ain't, man. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> it's Michael. <laughs> Michael, they're like, I can't have yeah, yeah. 25 people booing this man. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I'm Michael Jordan. We play around <laughs> this league. My league. <laughs> You know, you have to make a spectacle of us. 
<laughs> and then he got all petty and, and drafted the ball kid. I want him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was petty. Somebody <laughs> asked me a couple of days ago if I think that their dad could beat Michael uh, could beat Michael Jordan now. No. I said, man, no. Jordan would dominate that man, man. <laughs> LeVar Ball, I don't know what he did in his younger days. He wasn't Jordan. great. He averaged like two points a game. He wanted to take on Michael Jordan. But the thing is, he he did what he said he was going to do and make sure that all his sons got to the NBA. They're all in there now. Doing good for themselves. And you want to talk about something that went from a story to no story. The ball kids. Like, nobody talks about them. And we don't talk about them on a regular basis. No. Because, like I said, he did what he said he was going to do. There it is. That's the end of conversation. They're all in the NBA. (laughs) They're all in the NBA and they're starters. Well, two out of the three. But the the third one's still pretty good. So, I mean, his job, he said, as far as public eye is concerned, he's he's done what he said he was going to (laughs) do. Now he's sitting yeah, taking, taking a step back. Him and his wife are enjoying it. They're, bit, they're grandparents now. Yeah, I did my job. Yeah. <laughs> hey, grandparents, they're enjoying the grandparent, grand, grandma and grandpappy life, man. And as he did his job, he may have uh, scuffled with Stephen A. and yeah. Michael Jordan, but hey. And told uh, Alice to stay in that lane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stay in your lane. You know, drop, drop the shoe brand. And then he's like, but who got their way? I did. Yeah. He did it. We all laughed at him. <laughs> but he, he did it. He <laughs> the man, did it. Like, the man did it. But I mean, yeah, I mean, nothing else to say about about uh, Lavar Ball and 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 Lonzo and all them. Man, they they doing what they do. But for, back to Ben Simmons. Yeah, man. Like I said, who sits out for two years? Who does that? A year, I can understand. You're not even hurt. <laughs> like, okay, we gonna give you that. But Kyrie was wanting to do that. Did they? Why did they jump down to Kyrie? They did jump down Kyrie's throat. No one I mean, said. Kyrie, was, I'm sorry, uh, Durant, Kevin. Kevin Durant's a different story. He's a different story. He's an odd guy. <laughs> to be honest, he really is. Like he really is an He's odd guy. He's one of the greatest players to ever play the game of basketball, and yet I feel like we know nothing about the man. Yes, he like he literally. We don't really know what drives him. Like, I don't even know that a championship drives the man. Because he got what he wanted. He made everybody bad in Golden State. Yeah. He had to leave. Like, <laughs> he, he's in the public eye, but out of it at the same time. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Like, if it's basketball related, yeah. Personal life, we know nothing about the guy. He loves his mom. That's it. That's like, he has a great relationship with his mom. But we that's know it. he couldn't get along with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. That's all we know yep. about. And now look at all three of them. None of them can win. <laughs> Westbrook's coming own. into his own, kind of. Ish. As yeah, a bench yeah, player. Yeah. As a bench player. Yeah. Well, he's going to be six men. Who would have thought ten years ago? Not even ten. Five years ago when he was doing all them triple doubles. Well, no, okay, but think about it. It was ten years ago when they were all still in uh, Oklahoma City. Yeah. If you would have told me ten years ago, Kevin Durant would be in Brooklyn miserable. Russell Westbrook would be coming off the bench for LeBron because <laughs> him and LeBron can't get along. And James Harden would be in the abyss of Struggling. the NBA, bouncing around, can't do anything. With Joel Embiid. I would have said, you're insane. And now all three of those guys 
They can't get along together. And that's the only why. one that is wondering is Kevin Durant, and that's because he bought a cheap one with Golden State and yeah. got out of there. That's bad news, man. <laughs> that's bad news. Like, but you look at it. Those three have been the center of basketball for the last 10 years. Yeah, they've been in the news constantly. Other than LeBron James and Steph, that's those three, man. It's, it's been LeBron, Steph, and those three guys. Chris Paul went into Never Never Land after the Paul Chris Paul just can't win a championship. No. He, he will go down as the greatest, one of the greatest point guards without a championship. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas did it, though, didn't and, he? Yeah, but it's James Harden's fault. How? Oh, well, okay, when he played in Houston. Yeah, he ruined it. Okay, partly that's his fault, but that's also Mike D'Antonio's fault. Yeah, yeah, because his offense is not a championship offense. He wants to play small ball. Ain't nobody doing that no more. You want you do you did well until you beat the, until you got to the Lakers and they had those yeah, every giants. Every year in the playoffs, like yeah. it, that, his style of offense just shoot the three, work until you got to the playoffs. Yeah, got to the playoffs and get beat. <laughs> well, because you can't shoot the lights out in a seven game consistently in a yeah. in a five or seven game series. You just can't do. It. Oh, but I mean, I don't know what to say, man. LeBron James, that seems to be. But this is what I said last week. He does that if 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 uh, what's his name, Anthony Davis does that, be dominant. LeBron can take a break. He'd be fine putting up thirty as long as. But uh, LeBron's not going. To, that's the problem with LeBron. Is LeBron refuses. He digs in. He says, "By golly, I'm LeBron James." And so it's like the it's just like where he says, "I want you to take over." Not really. But, yeah, not really. But don't be more than me. But take over. <laughs> yeah. But don't make more shots than I do. Make sure I get the ball. But I want you to take over. <laughs> you know, <laughs> run the offense as long as I get thirty touches a yeah. game. I want you to put up 40, but I got to get, like, 30 of it. Yeah. But you still be, you know. <laughs> but still your team. And, Wes, I want you to be the point guard, but let me run the offense, you know. <laughs> you talk to the media. Yeah. But let me run the show. You take all the, the junk. Yeah. But give me all the credit. Like, <laughs> that's well, LeBron James. Is LeBron James the deciding factor for the season? For the Lakers, yes. I think if he wasn't there, the Lakers have a future. The problem is they don't have a future with him because then you can't draft people because he's going to trade them all away. Tell you what, they got Max. actually be able to play. The problem is now you've got, because of LeBron James, Westbrook's never going to be happy. And then you're going to have AD over here putting up all these points but not winning games. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) they can't do that because you got Max Christie, who's a rookie. You got to give him some time to play. To shine, you know, let him get going. Yeah. And then you've got Scottie Pippen Jr., who's an excellent point guard, I think will be the feature point guard for the Lakers, uh, coming uh, behind Westbrook if he ever gets it together. Uh, so, that yeah, that leaves LeBron James, that 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 middle guy. You have AD, that middle guy is LeBron James. I, I'll say what I've been saying for weeks. If LeBron wants to run a team, go start one. Yeah, and then you can draft your son and, and and play or watch him play whatever you want to do from the from the from the court or in your box. Go to Las Vegas, man. Retire. You you won a championship in L.A. You know, we didn't we, we didn't we didn't quite ask you for it, but you know, 
that was a, that was one as a as a Lakers fan. The Lakers getting him was not as much of a hoorah as for the Lakers fan as I guess everybody else thought. Like when the Lakers got LeBron, we was like, really, like okay, yeah. It wasn't excited because when you when you have a player like Kobe Bryant. And then you arguably back and forth for years who's better, Kobe or LeBron. Obviously, we knew it was Kobe. And then you go get this guy, and it's like, okay, we're used to Kobe playing style. Nothing less. And what LeBron has has brought to L.A., it's been good, but it hasn't lived up to that caliber. You know, he hasn't brought that energy. And so it's like for the fans, it's like, okay, you know, it's just LeBron. It's not the same. He's not on the same level as Kobe. It's not the same excitement watching him play like it was watching Kobe play. And so, and say it's like, well, we can kind of get over and move on. But as a franchise, when you've seen that caliber of greatness for so long, for 20 years, it's hard to be like with somebody like LeBron who's only a stat chaser. And be like, oh well, that's great, you know. Let's woo, you know. Yeah. Of course, we want to win, but it's not the same thing. LeBron, I think, I'm not saying he's dragging his organization down, but he. Oh, I'm saying it. He's definitely. He is torpedoing <laughs> the greatest organization in NBA he, history. He's he's in the way, and with him not, not deciding, he's dragging it down. He is like a <laughs> lead weight on a dead body in the middle of the sea. He can't figure out what he wants to do. And that's not good and for And Max team. Kellerman can argue with me all he wants. <laughs> Max Kellerman, <man. laughs> I I don't know. I, I I just think that that's again we're back to the off the stuff feel or off the court stuff is more entertaining or more yeah. discussable if that's even a word. Let's just get back to playing sports, man. You know the Cut only out the jump. yeah the only one that isn't there like that is I would say Major League Baseball. Right. They have their issues, but and, it's and not. It doesn't of, overshadow the game. And no, no, we're not overlooking uh, Major League Baseball. It, that's kind of at a standstill right now with free agency. The big stuff hadn't really started rolling in. We'll cover that as it happens. Yeah. Uh, but because I, I, I see some big changes, I think our Rangers are going to be more competitive. Houston's still going to be in the mix, so I think it'll be a good year for Texas baseball uh, as well. But hey, we've we've discussed a lot. Yeah, man, a heck of a lot. Hope y'all enjoyed. That's how deep sports is. Get on our socials, which is Facebook, uh, TikTok, TikTok. Uh, Instagram. Yeah, let us know what you think. We want to. We want to hear. Yeah. And if you're a Pittsburgh fan, please reach out. Yes. Uh, listen, we've been getting comments on our TikTok, uh, more specifically about the Gilmer game. Listen, guys, we know that Gilmer won big. We're not saying we're not taking away from that, but we're we're obvious, we're just setting out the highlights of that game. Yeah, uh, and we just showing y'all what we got. We know Gilman won big. We were there, but we do appreciate the comments, man. And how the support that y'all have for y'all's team uh, overall. So, and, and we're looking to expand some coverage with Gilmer moving forward. Yes, too, so. most definitely. So you guys, Gilmer. Y'all could be seeing us uh, a lot more here in the future. And definitely will be during basketball season. Yes. So so the other thing, we, we go ahead and throw this out there as we're kind of winding up the show, is that, yes, 
football playoffs are going on, but be looking for us to increase some different types of basketball content. Right, because basketball season has gotten going uh, uh, here recently, um, for girls basketball especially. I think Dangerfield uh, may start here soon. I think yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, we won't be at that game, uh, barring some other um, events that are uh, going on. But um, but we will try and yeah, we'll, get in on some things. Yeah. So, basketball is our next sport to cover uh, once football season is up. And so, yeah, just be out and look, you, be on the lookout for us, man. Y'all going to be seeing us. We may actually uh, try to interact with you guys a little bit more out in public, you know, if y'all recognize us. and Yeah, we want to get you in. Yeah. So, y'all have a great week. Keep up with sports. Be looking for more content from us throughout the week uh, and into the weekend. And, hey, it is always a great day for football, basketball, you name it, any kind of sport. Yep. Except for soccer. Sorry. Can't <laughs> get on that, man. <laughs> on that note, Eventually, we might get there eventually. No. On that... Uh, I, you know what I'm saying? You, you cover soccer on your own. I don't I ain't covering soccer. I mean, I guess we can get somebody to cover for us. I ain't... Yeah, if we ever get a soccer analyst. Yeah. But on that note, y'all have a great week. We'll see you next Monday.